0: Unlocking What Was Cool, hosted by Mike Lane and
1: Neil Gilbert. So anyways, Mike, you've been to France, so can you now finally confirm that bibliothèque is the best word in the French language?
2: I'd say pamplemousse uh, Mm. uh, is one of my favorites, grapefruit,
1: but uh, we are live, Neil, we're live. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome back to your trip. You were just away overseas in uh, jolly old England and uh, France. You were gallivanting around Europe while I was back here recording an episode with Marty, which was a ton of fun, by the way, but I do need to, we haven't really talked much since you came back, so I have to ask you, how was your trip? What were some of the highlights?
2: It was lovely, yeah. I felt like I was in like the the you know the 12th century or whatever when when England and France were at war, you know, going back and forth between the countries. Uh, I was a messenger, of course. Uh, no, uh, uh, it was yeah, it was it was a great time. Got to um, got to go around uh, France and Paris and Normandy. Saw some small towns out there. Also, I uh, went to the small island of Guernsey off the coast of France, and then from there the south of England, uh, and saw a Pool. And there's a tank museum just outside of Pool. Very very cool i uh, always wanted to go there and then from there went to uh, london england and watched uh wimbledon the uh, annual tennis uh tournament over there which was uh, very neat to see that i actually got into it because it's uh famously insanely hard uh to queue up to it it takes a long time many hours in the line in line but got to go in see some canadians play as well mm. uh, which was cool and um uh, saw a lot of uh, a Toronto Blue Jays uh, shirts in the front row of a couple of these <laughs> Canadians uh, matches, which was pretty funny. so uh, yeah had a had a great time with that. Got to see friend of the show Matt who was on for the Fire Emblem uh, episode. Mm-hmm. We love Matt. I got to stay with him in in London and uh, I hope he's listening to this uh, episode. he he also told me while I was there, Neil that uh, the Truman show was a great episode that we did and he really loved that and he watched it afterwards we uh, after we uh recorded it and uh tried to pick up on all the things that we were talking about so that was pretty cool uh that uh, uh we influenced the watch of the Truman show one of our favorite movies
1: Nice. That's one that we've heard a little bit about, actually, from some folks writing in too. In our last episode, where we wrote mm-hmm. the mail, where we read the mailbag. Sorry, um, and one one of the listeners mentioned how much they enjoyed that episode. So that's a cool one. I, I enjoyed recording that one as well. I'm glad to hear that you had a good time, though. You sounds like you saw a lot of different places, which is sweet. What was some of the uh, any good food, any good meals that you ate at? What uh, What was the food like between England and uh, and France?
2: Oh, a lot, a lot of great food for sure. I uh, had a couple of amazing meals in France. Uh, some croissants. Some croissants, yeah. Our breakfast every morning was uh, kid you not? It was two baguettes, two croissants, and then two chocolate croissants. Uh, oh, my God. Lovely lovely uh, English uh, breakfast tea that we, we got to have. So, you know, a bit of a mix of French and English there. But uh, some great jams and stuff too. Uh, like everything, just the bread is just so fresh and everything yeah. is – Everything outside of North America has such a fresh food, and I, I I really love it. That's one of the biggest reasons that I like to travel is is to be able to to have just fresh food, uh, and and still pay a lot of money because it's uh, euros and pounds converted yeah. from Canadian is a lot, but it, the experience of it is is worth every penny for sure. Uh, and uh, and in England, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, we went to a really amazing Italian restaurant with uh, with Matt. Uh, I got to have one of those like three course meal fixed price ones uh oh, yeah, yeah that was awesome had a bunch of appetizers to share uh, family style and then ate a massive thing of uh, white pizza um cool. it was like you know like a truffle one of those truffle mm-hmm. sausage pizzas uh, i love white pizza neil uh and uh i also really appreciate it when people like the waiter doesn't go to me like oh you know it's a white pizza like is that okay like i've had that before uh, and it's like, no, like, I know it's okay. That's what I'm ordering. Like, I, I love this stuff. So here they're like, oh, yeah, obviously you're having this pizza because it's fantastic. So yeah, they didn't ask me. That's how I know it's a good restaurant.
1: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And they don't care either. If you're like, give me, can I have a pizza with tomato sauce and like cheddar and mozzarella? They would just not. They would just bring you out that white pizza anyway, because, you know, they know it's going to be great. I, I love I don't do it too often, but I love that. That pre-fixed meal. It kind of feels like you're at a wedding almost, but you don't yeah. have to be at a wedding, you know, <laughs> exactly. you don't have to have <laughs> the stress of being at a wedding. You can just right. be. You didn't somewhere. have to bring a gift. You didn't have to dress up. You can just go in. They give you your soup, your salad, your entree, your, uh, should your dessert. Should I have brought
2: a gift to the waiter?
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the tipping is like. This I was think in he was France. Offended. I don't. Maybe should have given him a pack of cigarettes and a lighter or something in France. <laughs> Who knows? That's awesome. Did you happen to uh, hit up any uh, video game stores out there or not?
2: No, this was not my video game trip, Neil. Uh, I will actually mm. be going to uh, uh, Japan in a couple of weeks. So, which, if you can believe, that's coming up fast. That will be where I spend my money on the video games. And I will definitely talk (laughs) very much about the haul that I bring back from there. But uh, it it was we we had so much stuff to do. There was a a lot of a a lot of uh, or not much time at all, but in between stops. So didn't really want to take it up too much with uh, with paying double basically for video games uh, because of the pound. Right. So I was very, very okay to just see the sites and then wait for Japan
1: to spend all my money good. Yep. Japan needs your money. England and France, they don't need it. Their economy is doing just fine from what I can yeah. see on the news. Uh <laughs> Oops. But uh anyway, Mike, I'm so glad to hear that you had a good time and uh and in a few weeks you and I are going on our annual cottage trip that we've been doing for the she's oh, like the last what? This is the 60th year running now, I think, that we've mm-hmm. been doing this. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. And then you're going right uh, right after that. You're going right to Japan. So lots of traveling in, in the summer now. Basically, every Torontonian spends the entire summer thinking of ways to get out of the city. Yep. Uh, seems to be the tradition <laughs> for most people living in Toronto. <laughs> but, Mike, while well, you were away, I've been here uh, living in Toronto, doing uh, Toronto things. One of those things was uh, going to the bank. And I have a... Bit of a weird story here to tell that I don't Mm. think I've, uh, I obviously haven't told on the podcast yet. But uh, when I go to the bank, this this kind of ties into our dollar store uh, topic that we talked about (laughs) several weeks ago where I know what I'm doing. I I have everything ready to go. I want to get in and out as quickly as possible because everybody knows bank lines are ridiculous. I don't know what some people are doing (laughs) with their finances with tellers that requires them to be at the front of the line for 20 minutes. Um, but it's insane. Like I, I was standing in line at the bank, you know, I had my, I had a podcast on, I was messaging people, whatever. And I was starting to keep track because I was like, this line is not moving fast enough (laughs) considering that there are six tellers at the front here. And some of those people were up there 15, 20 minutes. Some people had to take multiple phone calls. I don't know with who, but they have to like get, to get bank numbers or to get account information, I guess. Um, but I'm like, what, what in God's name are you doing that takes so long? I don't think, Mike, I've ever spent more than 10 minutes with a teller at a bank. No. And I, You know, walk up the line, you do your little, you know, do a little zigzag, you get to the front, you, you have to, you know, usually it's to cash a bunch of coins or to take out some American money, quick things like that. I was there literally to, I'm not going to get into too many details. I was there to withdraw a significant amount of money for a purchase that I needed to do. Easily the largest withdrawal I've ever made in my life. I timed it because I was so annoyed. I... I basically checked my phone and then I messaged my fiance and I said, don't respond to this. It's a timestamp. And that was it. <laughs> Just because I wanted to time myself without looking obnoxious, it was seven minutes to withdraw wow. a majority, a large amount of money from my account. I was like, what are all these other asses doing that's going to take up this much time? Even seven minutes is is that that's a that's a while for oh, me at the bank. I, that's that's I a will big say, chunk. <laughs> I agree. I was a little annoyed at how long I was taking, but about three <laughs> minutes, two or three minutes of that was the teller needing to get an override from their manager because of the size of the transaction. Sure. So not my fault.
2: <laughs> I, and you're 100 percent right, and I'm sure there's a lot of people nodding their heads right now at that. Like, and also, like, I don't. I feel like people our age, unless you're owning a business you're not going to the bank that much like the bank is should not be like a daily weekly even monthly occurrence for you no it's 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 quite rare most things are done online uh so it it is really funny to see and and i swear i have never like i've never not lapped someone at the bank you know what i mean i've never like 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 i've never gone up to somewhere and someone's left Like in the the teller beside me. Every single time I go up to do my whatever, it's usually to take out foreign money, honestly, is is 90% of the time why I'm at the bank. Every time I I go up and and getting pounds or something, I I am always finishing before the two people on either side of me every single time.
1: I would instantly take all my money to another bank if they told me that I could take (laughs) out foreign money from an ATM. Like from their, um, you know, like when you go to the bank. they USD
2: got... a lot. Like there's a lot of ATMs that, that have USD, but like, uh, yeah, like pounds or euros, which are the ones that you they usually have on hand, you have to go. And if they don't have it on hand, like they, I don't think they have Japanese yen on hand. So I'm going to have to go yeah. a week before and, and ask. But uh,
1: I feel yeah. like it's 2023. We should be able to like go into a bank, go up to a machine and say, I need a hundred dollars British pounds. Like I need hundred British pounds and then it'll just instantly do it. It's way too complicated. And then the teller always tells you, like, you know, do you want your receipt? I like, you can shove that receipt up your ass. I don't need a receipt. And then I leave. <laughs> it's funny how they talk about it, too, because
2: it's very much like whenever they talk to me, it's like, so which account would you like to have it from? The, right. The one with like all your money in it the or one... the one. With yeah, I know. It's like it's like, it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like clearly
2: one of those is just savings and one of those I use. So, I mean, like,
0: <laughs> but it yeah. is funny
2: when they're kind of whispering to
1: you. It's just, like, I know,
0: the two thousand.
2: <laughs> like, uh, I, people here know that i have money i'm at the bank like I know. <laughs> people here know that i have a, a certain amount of money in these accounts like you know it, it's always really funny to me uh but yeah. uh, b- banks banks are a good one we'll definitely come back to banks as a as a topic oh, yeah. in the future uh but uh but neil uh, this is going to be a beefy episode and we have a lot mm. to talk about for the the topic on hand because of course we are celebrating pikmin Four coming out neil It's here.
1: It's a big week, Mike. Pikmin 4 is coming out, so we need to celebrate by talking about, of course, Pikmin 1. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro that we loved from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet that will routinely rip on banks. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote for our monthly Patreon-elected episode. Last week, Mike was away, but we never miss a week, so Marty, friend of the show, Marty and I made our escape and talked about learning how to play guitar. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. It was a ton of fun to record. This week, we are celebrating the release, finally, of Pikmin 4. By not talking about Pikmin 4, we are going all the way back to 2001 to talk about one of the greatest games on the GameCube and, dare I say, one of Nintendo's greatest games of all time. We're talking about Pikmin 1, the beloved game of mine, definitely in my top three GameCube games of all time. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it. We have covered this game before on the GameCube was cool podcast way back more than three years ago in june of 2020 and that episode was a bit rough because we were very new to podcasting it was only our second month and mike i think we can probably have we told the listeners what happened with that episode it is one of the rare episodes that had a massive audio issue I mean, the massive audio issue, if we haven't said
2: it before, is that uh, Neil's audio didn't record, I believe, and Neil had to record uh, a bunch of his. There was some audio that, that your, of yours that did stick around. I did listen to the Pikmin episode this week so I could have some notes on what we talked about three years ago. But there, there was some Neil audio that stuck around and then there was some that you recorded later. I, I got to say, you did a great job of making it seem like you were actually talking to me uh, when you re-recorded yep. that audio.
1: Yeah, I think almost all of it. I I don't remember being able to keep much. Uh, what happened no, most was of it. for yeah, most of it. For some reason what happened was my microphone switched over to my laptop microphone. Yes. Yeah. And for the first I think couple of episodes we recorded on my old laptop which was from like 2010, my college laptop and it was yeah. not working well. That's why I got this new one that I've been using ever since. And that might have had something to do with it. I probably just didn't set up Audacity correctly. I might have done it again today. We're going to find out. Maybe this is a (laughs) a cursed game to talk about. God, I hope not. But basically, that entire episode is me acting like I'm talking to Mike and uh, Ramon, our guests of the show. Right. And I would listen back to the broken audio and then try and act like myself, basically, and re-record it. So that's a fun piece of the GameCube was cool podcast lore that if listeners haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it and understand that I'm basically acting ...throughout the entire episode, which is awesome. But we came back today to uh, revisit and talk about Pikmin again... ...because it's been another three years. We've got a new Pikmin game coming out. So it makes sense to talk about our memories and uh, experiences of playing these this, this fantastic game. But before we talk about our memories of Pikmin 1, Mike... ...what were some of the other things that we talked about three years ago on the GameCube is Cool podcast?
2: Oh, well, it was a fun time to listen back to it. Uh, 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 a whole hour. Our, our intro was pretty fast, uh, pretty short... It's really funny because we we, we didn't like
1: have grievances with banks yet back then. <laughs> we
2: didn't have grievances with banks yeah it's just funny because like it, it, it feels it's so kind of like c- can you hear me yeah good like we kept so much stuff in just <laughs> in the audio like when Ramon comes on we're kind of just like yeah I think I can hear you yeah you sound good like like I guess we just had record going but uh, <laughs> re- really funny to listen to uh, you said I don't want to call this show art but if someone were to call me an artist I'd gladly accept that title. <laughs>
1: No one has uh, called me an artist since then.
2: No one has called you an artist since then. <laughs> no. uh, our opening topic was actually about you two putting their songs on everyone's iPod back in the day, and you didn't remember them doing that. Um, hmm. And that turned into to you and I talking about you two, and then you were looking for a song called Boots, oh, uh, and we sucks. were trying to, figure <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what album <laughs> it was on. Clearly, we never figured it out, nor did I, I look it up again, and that... Uh, went into Radiohead, as well as talking about Nickelback, As You Do. Me bringing mm-hmm. up Dark Horse is the one album I know. Uh, and, then, and then you said, now might be a good time to introduce the podcast. Do you, do you want me to try it out this week? Like, like another <laughs> another, just really funny thing <laughs> that just happened in there. Man, um, I, I love that. Uh, and you talked about Pikmin. Obviously, we all talked about Pikmin. But uh, your specific memories with Pikmin uh, was that it was you playing... Pikmin in a McDonald's, which uh, I loved as uh, mm-hmm. as your first memory. And I'm sure you were going to say that again, but uh, uh, yeah. just in case you had forgotten, that was when you first learned about Pikmin, apparently. And then we were talking about the different colors of Pikmin. You said how you most likely beat the game is usually with 200 uh, blue Pikmin, about uh, 100 yellow ones, and about three to 400 red Pikmin. Those are yeah. your usual stats. And then you said the best you ever did was taking 18 days to beat the game. Uh, and, um, and then we talked a little bit about obviously the future, uh, of Pikmin and, um, and you said that, yes, we will talk about Pikmin 3 on the Wii U podcast, which we eventually do. (laughs) Still (laughs) coming, coming soon. soon. It's, it's, it's in development. (laughs) and uh and uh when we at the very end when we said ask in the future because we did still have this segment for episode five we uh we did have the segment of of where do we see pikmin in the future you said that you hadn't heard anything about pikmin 4 uh and that we'll probably see a pikmin 3 remake on the switch very soon which did happen good prediction Mm -hmm. uh and that a sequel will probably come to the next consoles life cycle you did not think a sequel pikmin 4 was going to come to the switch which was very interesting
1: yeah, to be fair, uh, two things. The the Pikmin 3 remake on Switch was not a difficult prediction. That was right no. after, I think it was 2018 and 2019. Nintendo basically dumped all the Wii U games on Switch except for the one game that should be on Switch, which is Wind Waker. Uh, they did every game but that, which is still <laughs> irritating me to this day. Um, but Tropical Freeze, Mario & Luigi U, Mario World, Pikmin 3, and Wind Waker is still stuck on Wii U, but I digress. Uh, Pikmin 4, I still honestly... A couple years ago, I probably still would think that because I did not think in 2020 that in mid-2023, we still wouldn't have the second Switch or even an announcement of a second Switch yet. That's Um, fair. Did not think that the Switch would go six and a half years before even an announcement of the next console, especially since with the Wii U, that console only lasted, what, four years? Four or five years? Mm-hmm. So we are way past a standard console life, especially for Nintendo, but their business model has changed quite a bit because of the success of the Switch. So now, honestly, I can see, uh, we're going to look back on this again in three years and probably <laughs> laugh at it, but I can see Nintendo, all the first party of the Nintendo games coming to Switch now for the next two or three years before we we see the next console. I, I have heard rumblings that Nintendo's next console might be in 2024, but... I'm starting to think after that Direct that we got a few weeks ago, 2025 is probably when we're going to see the Switch 2, which feels like so long from now, but with the games coming out, uh, you know, Pikmin 4 is coming out this week, Uh, the the new Mario game's coming out, we've still got a Metroid game coming out, there's still lots of remakes that they can work on, there's that Peach game, I think we've got at least another year, year and a half with the Switch.
2: I think so, too. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to go back to this another another three years down the road. Uh, that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to, to bring up some of the fun, <laughs> funny things that we observed uh, and that we got right what we got wrong and uh, and and uh, talking about you, too, of
1: course. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about U2, I don't think, since that, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I can honestly say that I don't remember talking about U2 in that episode, so we definitely haven't talked about it since then. But no, memories of the my my, my Pikmin memories are obviously still roughly the same as they were three years ago. I uh, first remember seeing it being played at McDonald's on one of those kiosks with the built-in GameCubes. Uh, played it for a little bit there, and I remember Pikmin being a big part of the marketing with GameCube. It was in a lot of the yeah. trailers with the GameCube launch because it came out only a month not even it came out a week or two after the gamecube launched in north america so it was very synonymous with the gamecube in christmas of 2001 um and i honestly didn't play it much between 2002 and 2014 i think is the year it was that i finally uh, was picking up all the gamecube games that i had missed like wind waker metroid prime and of course pikmin one and two and right when i played it i was playing it on a little tube tv in my bedroom Uh, I bought it, I bought it on eBay for not that expensive, maybe 40 or 50 bucks, which was pretty mid for a GameCube game back then. They've they've shot up quite a bit since then, GameCube games. Um, but I remember buying it and the disc did not work. And that was actually the first time that had ever happened to me where I bought a game on eBay and it didn't work. And I was Uh... a little bit nervous because I thought that the, the seller might call me out, say I was lying, not bring, not be able to fix it because I didn't know that they would be able to. But they they ended up taking my word for it, and they sent me another copy of Pikmin, and it worked just fine, luckily. Um, Played it all the way through in a couple of days since it's such a short game, maybe a day or two, uh, and absolutely fell in love with the series after playing the first game alone. Um, I played it a couple times through, loved the gameplay loop, loved collecting Pikmin, loved sending them out to fight these giant enemies, boss fights, collecting pieces of my ship. Uh, trying to beat it in the 30-day cycle, which I really enjoyed, which we're going to talk a lot about today. (laughs) Um, I love the charm of the character Olimar. I love the dire nature of the game, how it really felt like that his life was in your hands and the pikmin were were trying to help you and you were trying to even help the pikmin so it became like this weird relationship between you and this alien species and it got me hooked on the franchise from there i i went on to play pikmin 2 on gamecube that same summer um a couple years or about a year later i got the wii u and my mom got me pikmin 3 for christmas and in the last i guess 10 years it's been pretty pretty barren for us pikmin fans i know we've had hey pikmin on the 3ds but that game sucks. Um, so we've been really waiting for Pikmin four, what feels like for five years now, I feel like, uh, Miyamoto let slip that there was a Pikmin four in development, but Mm -hmm. then Hey, Pikmin came out and we figured that that was Pikmin four. And then they officially announced Pikmin four a little while ago in a direct, I suppose. And it honestly doesn't feel real that it's uh, coming out right now. I've just because it's been... 10 years between Pikmin games it's uh, way too long in my opinion but it still feels like a pipe dream that we're even getting one now and it looks good which is uh, not the same that I can say for some of my other beloved franchises like Star Fox but that's for a whole other episode Mike what about you what are your memories of, uh, of Pikmin and playing Pikmin back in the day
2: so I was hoping that I had said something on the uh, Pikmin episode, but I think we just went to your memories and then went into the game <laughs> because, you know, you we, suck. Didn't really... Moving on. <laughs> we didn't have a great strategy back then for nice. for our conversations, but... Uh, and then I started to think, it was like, what are my memories? And and the one thing that I do remember is exactly what you said with the advertising. It was so linked to the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure if that was just in North America, if that was in Europe and PAL regions, but very much linked to the GameCube in terms of how it was marketed. I saw those little three guys, the blue, yellow, red Pikmins everywhere. And it was funny how Nintendo pushed this very much as a family game, as a, as a children's game, when in reality, as they eventually learned and, and kind of did a 180, that this was not a kids' game. This was very much a uh, as someone who had played RTSs before and who had someone who had some experience with these games. Uh, this was this a bit of an older uh, a game, uh, which again was a little funny because GameCube was going towards that older demographic, so it was kind of weird that they they tried to market it as like. The kids game but i guess that's really all they had as like the the, mm-hmm. the, the kid friendly game uh, at launch so uh i guess that's why they went down that that hole but i do remember marketing for it i remember people having it but i never played it just because i thought it was weird honestly it looked weird it didn't really look for me i, I played rts's before for sure i played age of empires and and, and games like it but that didn't look like an rts to me, that didn't look like something that I would go play on my PC. And honestly, it was on the GameCube. It didn't feel like a, or didn't, I, I didn't feel like I wanted to play those kind of games on the GameCube. You know, I didn't have a mouse, I didn't have a keyboard. It, it felt weird. So I, I kind of stayed away from it. For those reasons, I believe I did rent the, the second one because I think I talked about my memories on Pikmin 2 uh, that we did for episode 60 or so for the GameCube is Cool podcast. Uh, I, I believe I rented it from Blockbuster or Rogers Video, uh, Pikmin 2, and I had a lot of fun playing it. But it was just never something that, that I was fully immersed in. Uh, but it's 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 very much like you, uh, Neil, where you, you have a lot of respect for something like, like Animal Crossing. Like you, you understand like mm-hmm. like the charm of it. You're like, yeah, I get this is Nintendo's take on like a a life farming sim, but it's not really that much for you. And and I kind of see that with Pikmin too. I have tremendous respect for Pikmin. I want that franchise to continue till the day I die. I want everyone to play it. I want everyone to love it. Um, but for me, uh, I just am not as into it as as uh, as fans like you are.
1: Yeah, you can look at the game objectively and you can tell it's a great game. It's got yeah. it's got amazing mechanics. They all these games work incredibly well, which is awesome. They're graphically very impressive on all of the consoles, honestly. Going back to GameCube, it looks beautiful to this day. The Wii U one is gorgeous. Uh, the one on Switch is looking really good. The water effects, the plants, the, the creatures oh, yeah. on screen, the music that it's all paired with. It's very chill. I love the soundtracks for all of these. It's not iconic video game music to to the same degree as like Mario and Zelda and Donkey Kong is, but it's got its own vibe to it. I love the Pikmin music. Great study music. Great music to just sit and listen and work to because it's just... It's just chill gardening music and that at the end of the day is what influenced uh pikmin to be made it's just miyamoto in the garden and that's uh that's where he thought this would be a cool game uh, and that's how we eventually got this uh, this long running franchise. Twenty years, four point five games later, multiple remakes, uh, multiple little animated shorts, which are also fantastic. I would love, mm-hmm. I would love a full feature. I think a full feature Pikmin film could be really cool. Oh now that God, Nintendo yes. are into making movies, they have to do they have to do the big ones first. I get it. They got to do Mario and Zelda and everything else. But I would love a Pikmin one at some point. But uh, that Shame. is definitely a decade or so away. But we'll have to wait and see where that goes. Mike, I think that we should introduce. Pikmin the game stats, as we always do on this episode, and then bring on our first caller of the day. What do you think? Let's do it, Neil all right pikmin one was released on december 3rd 2001 in north america developed by nintendo ead published by nintendo it's on gamecube later re-released on wii and now switch rates a 9 out of 10 price today at around 90 dollars on gamecube 70 dollars on wii it's an art it's a real-time strategy slash puzzle game it sold 1.6 million on gamecube about 500 000 on wii and switch sales are still to be determined since it just came out we don't have sales yet uh, I don't think the original Pikmin and Pikmin 2 games are going to be in the top 10 Switch games of all time, but it'll be really interesting <laughs> to see where Pikmin 4 lands. That uh, will be really cool to track while we do this podcast, but
2: they'll definitely sell quite a bit, like uh, more than, I mean, honestly, I could see Pikmin on Switch selling maybe more than uh, uh, than Pikmin on GameCube, uh, for sure. Just because, like, yeah. uh, Pikmin 4 coming out, it's not a huge mark to beat, I- I'm over a million copies. They might hit it. They might hit it.
1: Definitely. I think people who buy Pikmin 4, if they like it, they'll go and pick, especially since I think, I should have checked this before we came on, but I think they sell Pikmin 1 and 2 in a pack. Like, I think you can buy them together if you want, or you can buy them individually, which is a really nice idea. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have loved if they had done that with the um, that ridiculous uh, Mario 3D, whatever it was called, 3D All-Stars Yeah, the game. 3D All-Stars, yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice if we could have bought those piecemeal, like just buying Sunshine it would have been nice, but uh, don't want to open up that painful memory again. I think that you're right, though. I think I think a Pikmin 4 will probably become the biggest selling Pikmin game, um, uh, mm. just on its own console, not counting remakes and everything else. And yeah, I think you're right. Pikmin 1 selling 1.6 million back in the day is was impressive for the time, especially since the GameCube only sold just over 20 million uh, units, so that's a... Well, one and two, is that... Uh, my math is terrible right now. Was that like a... 3%, 3% attach rate? 3% 5%? attach rate or 5? Oh,
2: yeah. No, I guess it'd be 5. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. 20 yeah. times 5. Yeah.
1: Math. That's a, that, that's a 5% attach rate, which is really good. Like, uh, Unfortunately, the GameCube didn't sell very well, so 5% of $220 million is not great. But a lot of Sony games, big games on PlayStation, do not sell that. So nope. it's a, it's a huge... It's a huge franchise in a small community, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. It's not a big seller like Mario and Zelda is. It kind of gets lumped in more with like the Star Foxes and the Metroids, a bit more of a niche thing. Uh, They try Mm -hmm. to make it a family friendly game for all, but it ends up ends up just being a niche title usually in the end. But we do have a couple of friends of the show, Mike, who are big Pikmin fans like me, like I am. And you're an you're an admirer of Pikmin fans. So I think with that, (laughs) we should uh, welcome our first caller to the show. Who's joining us today? That's right, Neil. Uh,
2: Joining us today, our first caller and first time guest on the show is friend of the show, Dee. We're really excited to have her on. I know she's a big big Pikmin fan, so I definitely wanted to have her on to talk about uh, the franchise and of course Pikmin 1. But before we get into it, uh, Dee, because you're a first time caller, we got to ask you our first time caller question, which is, did you own a GameCube back in the day?
3: Uh, I actually did not. No
2: no gamecube that's okay i mean so then how did you play this wonderful masterpiece
3: so i am actually pretty new to the series i only played it the first time this year Mm uh and i was like so i have a couple friends two who don't even know each other who at the same time started talking about pikmin a lot and then i ended up uh playing the wii version on my wii Mm -hmm
2: oh the gamecube slim as it were
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a pretty popular
1: version back in the day those remakes or remasters i guess Uh, a lot of people played pikmin that way and i have heard that it's the preferred way to play i've never tried those ones i'm a game i'm a gamecube purist GameCube and Wii U only. Still haven't played the uh the newest game yet on Switch. Just played a bit of the demo and it, it plays pretty well, but uh, I would love to pick up those uh those Wii versions someday. That's cool that you have that perspective of the game. I think other than the controls, it's basically the same experience though. You got the same uh red, yellow, and blue Pikmin, same story, same thirty day cycle and all that good stuff. So you you've experienced it for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean I've had a lot of conversations about like the difference between the Wii controls and the GameCube controls. Um mm-hmm. And my friend who let me the games was like, you can get away with either, but at the end of the day, like that extra little bit of control with the Wiimote is just kind of completes the experience almost.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of makes the game the way it's meant to be played, and the way that Pikmin is is basically stripped down. It's an arch an RTS, which is traditionally a PC genre, and uh, the GameCube being a console, you have your controller. Whereas on an RTS, usually you play those games with a mouse and keyboard, and the Wiimote actually works really well as a mouse because it's basically like a like a pointer, which is what a mouse is. So it's kind of taking Pikmin back to its roots. And that's what makes it an easier and more enjoyable experience, I guess. But for me, after playing Pikmin on the GameCube controller for eight years, it would be pretty hard to play it. Maybe it would be better on a PC. Who knows? That would actually be a great (laughs) game for Nintendo to one day port onto PC. That'd be sick
2: that'd be sweet yeah let's get some nintendo branded pcs going out there but uh <laughs> i do like that you kind of play this uh i could almost call it like a like a covid um uh, game for sure uh because uh animal crossing you know for example became so big because of covid honestly when uh everyone was stuck inside and so i assume pikmin was one of those games that you played maybe while stuck inside kind of thing
3: no i played it like fully like everything's kind of back within the past i want to say at least It was after January, probably in February or March almost, so this year.
2: So you're like, oh, thank God I can go outside. I'll play Pikmin inside now.
3: (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
1: Gonna hang on this beautiful virtual garden. That's awesome. So you played through all the games on Wii, basically, Pikmin 1 and 2, or just the first one?
3: I played Pikmin 1 and 2. I played them both back-to-back, and then I went and played Pikmin 3 on Switch
2: okay nice. nice and and what what would you i guess like you have a great perspective then playing one and two back to back because they are quite different in the sense that obviously you don't have the the day counter anymore so how how did you find that how did, how How did that affect your stress levels?
3: I think the difference between one and two like two really hit me in a way that was almost like i i could like mentally I almost couldn't understand like I didn't have the stress of yeah. one. But I thought the stress of one coming in, like having no idea what these games really were, was kind of like its own unique experience. Like, I don't think I'll ever find that unique experience of just like, there's a timer, you got to go. And if you don't, like, you get bad ending.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you get the Olimar, Olimar stranded on this distant planet ending. Yeah, it's a very dark game. I, I'm a big fan of the first game. It's actually my favorite in the franchise. Again, have not played for yet, so I hold out. Uh, I hold up my judgment on that game until I have beaten it. But I, I still, after playing Pikmin 1, 2, 3... We don't talk about Hey, Pikmin here. That's a strict rule of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. That game sucks. <laughs> um, but after playing 1, 2, and 3, uh, I-, I prefer the... I love the rush, the the stress, and the realistic nature of Pikmin 1. Like, you actually feel like that you're stranded on this planet. You have a failing life support system. You're obviously running out of food and supplies, and your communications are weak. Uh, I-, I feel like Pikmin 1 has that, that castaway, kind of stranded on a desert island feel, whereas the other two games feel a bit more a bit more Nintendo-y, like, they're more bubbly and poppy, and, like, the- these characters are now, like, ex- advanced space explorers, and they're kind of just goofy and goofing off, whereas in Pikmin 1, you straight up have, at the end of each day, Olimar writing his uh, his journals basically to himself, because he can't talk to anybody yet, at least not early on in the game. He's basically wondering whether or not he's going to live, die, whether or not he's going to see his family again, yeah. whether or not all these discoveries <laughs> he's making are even going to be relayed to his species on on his home planet. And it, it gets really dark, and he, he's developing this... Sort of cohabitation uh, relationship with these Pikmin who are saving him, and he's saving them. And I feel like a lot of that charm and spirit is lost in the later games, and that's what makes Pikmin One so special to me. And mm-hmm. part of that is that thirty day time limit that they really did they've done away from each and every game. It gets less and less the uh, the urgency that the games had. So I'm I'm in the minority of people who are pro thirty day time limit in Pikmin One.
3: Like Pik- Pikmin One, I think is my favorite so far as well um mm-hmm. i think you hit a lot of the same points and wh- exactly why i think like one of the things i noticed playing three was that it kind of brought back that like a bit of mystery and sense of adventure that was all over pikmin 1. Mm-hmm. um and that was that felt like it was missing from pikmin 2 because mm. like you're you're being told literally to go and use these pikmin and there's no mystery there's no questions of all this like you have an objective Whereas Pikmin 1, you're just kind of like, I have no idea what's going to happen.
1: I'm just trying to survive, get to the next day. Hopefully, get out of here in 30 days. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. And that's what makes the game so much more replayable, too. Is that people have played the game multiple times, and the the goal is to beat it in as few days as possible. I think the best I ever did was 20 or 21. 18. Um, you know, I that get, was
2: your that was your best that
1: you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 18. <laughs> that's right. That was my save file. I think I deleted that save file actually. That's the but I, I people can beat it way faster. There's ways to skip over pieces and get get multiple pieces in, like, less than a day, basically. It's really incredible what people have done. You can also play the game without losing a single Pikmin, which I have no intention of ever playing the game like that. But I do like to try and beat it as quickly as possible. That kind of is the high score. I've never seen the bad ending. Even even though the game does have a bit of tension to it because of that 30-day time limit, I never felt like I was strapped because even if you... Even if you collect, if you can collect one piece a day, which for the most part is doable, you're going to beat the game in, what, 25 days or whatever it is, I think is like Mm -hmm. the worst you can do if you beat it at that pace. So you really have to be a beginner, I would say, to video games. And even if you do get through a day without missing or without bringing a piece back to your ship, you can just restart the game again. You don't have to, or you can restart that day again. You don't have to keep going. It's not like it's a hardcore Dark Souls permadeath kind of thing. That would be more hardcore, I think, is if you could not restart the clock at the end of each day mm-hmm. um but yeah i i love that tension in the game we talked a lot about that on uh our episode of the gamecube was cool podcast and uh, i think i think ramon was a uh is a supporter of the the no time limit and once we got to pikmin 3 the the main mechanic was like having enough juice to get through the next day basically and i think by the time i finished that game i had like a hundred days of juice left so it was really not They tried to bring back the time limit, but made it more like based on your supplies and it didn't work. It wasn't nearly as stressful as as Pikmin 1, but uh, the game itself is beautiful. Uh, The graphics, Mike joked about it before there, um, how like you you went from being outside to going into this virtual garden. Uh, How did the graphics uh, strike you on? I know you played it on Wii, which is similar to the GameCube. Do they hold up today?
3: Uh, I would say they hold up pretty well. You know, I mean, like, they definitely look a bit dated, and and my Wii 2 was also hooked up through, like, a converter, so it was all kind of janky, right. but at the end of the day, it didn't, like, it didn't strike me as being, like, a particularly old-looking game. Like, it kind of was, like, I don't know, it had its, like, stylized charm enough to it that I was kind of, like, I don't see this as looking bad at all.
2: Stylized charm is definitely the word to use yeah. for, for picking yeah. it in. And a lot of Nintendo games of this era.
3: Yeah, so I think you know i think the style and like even just down to the designs of like the pikmin themselves and all the enemies like at the end of the day you can make them like as shitty quality as possible you're always going to recognize as pikmin so
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the environments are all beautiful the characters look amazing the technical prowess of this game this game is pretty much the ultimate tech demo for the gamecube it's animating 100 pikmin on screen at once granted a lot of them are doing very similar animations but that alone these days it's hard to it's hard to put yourself in the mind of someone in 2001 playing this game for the first time but the ability for a console to do this is incredible for that this was the tech demo for Nintendo before the GameCube with Mario 128 where they showed the GameCube rendering 128 marios on screen at once uh that game never came out but it's basically what eventually became pikmin so graphics aside and i love the graphics in this game the water effects also look really cool like when you're going through the little puddles there's like frogs and leap and uh, lily pads and fish that that react to you i love all the things that are going on it really does feel like that you're exploring this this unexplored garden um, with these weird alien-like creatures that look kind of like species from Earth and kind of not at the same time. It's kind of like an is-it-Earth-isn't-it kind of situation going the entire time. Um, but part of the game that that I think, uh, along with the charm of Olimar's journal entries, are the little trinkets that you can uh, collect throughout the, uh, the the levels, which are mostly pieces of your ship. But part of what I love about it are the names that they give, uh, they give a lot of the items that you can pick up. Did that kind of jump out to you as a detail in the game that you enjoyed like I did?
3: It did, yeah. I mean, like, Pikmin 2 is definitely, like, the winner of that, in my yeah, opinion, sure. just because, yeah. like, all of the items are just, like, they've got all these fun names. And I even found that a bit with Pikmin 3 with the names of the fruit. It's like, these are recognizable fruits to us. But, like, mm. to an, like the concept of someone going from the outside and being like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to give it a name based off of what it tastes like to me. I just, right. like, I would, found that so fun.
2: Olimar loves naming things, and uh, yeah. he just goes around naming things. That's that's his that's his main purpose of this mission. It seems like <laughs> is are there Duracell batteries in in Pikmin one or is that two? That's two. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this th- this one does it have brands in one? I forget.
3: No, I think I'm actually. I don't games think it stuff. has no. brands.
1: No, yeah. it doesn't. And uh, Pikmin two, you've got. You're right. Pikmin two has the Duracell batteries. It has um, like Coke caps, like yeah. Coke bottle caps, basically are yeah. in there. Um, there's like lipstick and, um, I think there's gum too, like brands of gum. And a lot of it is Japanese, a couple of North American brands in there. And that's a difference that I think was pointed out in the Pikmin games that just recently came out on switch is that a lot of those, um, those branded items, they switch them out. Like, I don't think that the Duracell battery looks like a Duracell battery anymore. I guess they don't have the license for it. Um, but it is a weird product placement. You would not, you don't see that too often in Nintendo games, especially not in, 2001. You see it a little bit more now with games like Mario Kart with Mercedes in there randomly, but I can't imagine people bought Duracell batteries because they played. (laughs) Um, But eventually, they they started to incorporate even their own Nintendo products in there. Like you can, uh, I think you can find. Is there a Game & Watch or something in Pikmin 3, I think, you can find? Um, there's like old, uh, their Hanafuda cards that they used to make 100 years ago. So there's like little pieces of Nintendo history that you can now find. And even in the newest game, uh, I play, playing the demo in Pikmin 4, you find a Game Boy Advance SP, which that was really cool. I love that. So yeah, the naming convention that Olimar does in, in, in these games is, is fantastic. And I'm glad that that has at least maintained its charm from Pikmin 1 to 4. So much charm
2: in this game. That's the name of the game for sure. And uh, and and so you, you obviously played it quite recently, and you said that you hadn't played anything like it before, and, and probably won't play anything like it again. So like, what was that first like that first hour? I guess of playing Pikmin One. Uh, what was that like for you?
3: It was a bit chaotic, and I was very confused because <laughs> they kind of like as as much as a tutorial kind of like you know that first like uh, landing site really walks you through it. I don't. I was just kind of like i don't i don't know like the bullboards are scaring me like i don't know what to do and then you know obviously like you try and fight one you lose your pikmin you're just like I this is overwhelming like i'm killing these little things but then you kind of like got into it so like definitely on my first run like when i played the game the first time i did get the bad ending oh, because i yeah. think i spent the first like couple of days there being like i don't know what i'm doing my pikmin are tripping everywhere and i've lost them behind corners and it was just like all of that experience that i think really can only be found in pikmin one just due to the nature of it like being the first game was like just so different compared to like half the other games
2: it's just so different from, like, all gaming at this time, too. Like, this is, uh, we talked about it before, but yeah, uh, Nintendo's version of a real-time strategy game uh, that really doesn't give you, like you said, doesn't give you a lot to go into. Like, you kind of just get dropped into this and they're like, what do I do? <laughs> and and it's very, it's it just looks so different, too, than, uh, you know, I'm thinking like a, Uh, Starcraft or or something where you, like even Diablo 2, something where you have the top-down view and you're just going around and you're like, okay, I get it, I have to mine things to get more things, to build more things, to survive. Where Pikmin Mm -hmm. 2, or Pikmin, is a little more like I have these things that i have to use somehow that all have different abilities like you do obviously figure out that red is red is is king red is the best pikmin for sure yeah. uh, just brute force things yeah. blue is the derpy one who just is good for water and then uh yellow is high, throwing it high up right just being able to uh to be lighter um and then you kind of just learn that by doing and there there are those tutorials but
1: also i don't know i, I never read things i'm bad at reading <laughs> and i think we all are yeah yeah, yeah, I didn't. I barely. I don't think I read anything, and like other than his journal entries, which were short and sweet. And that's something yeah. that I, I have to say is a negative towards the newer games. They are chatty as f, man. <laughs> like every five seconds in the demo that I was playing, like I'm being, I'm being talked down to. Like I'm a like, like I'm a kid, but I mean, I guess at the end of the day, most Nintendo games are for kids, but still like Pikmin one didn't do that as much. Like it told you, okay, you know, here's your onion, which is the giant thing that spits out Pikmin. Here's a Pikmin. And then it's like, here's how you pull them out of the ground. And it's like, oh, I can throw them at things or, oh, they can pick things up. And that's basically it. Whereas in Pikmin four, I think every like 10, 15 seconds, I was being stopped because one of these freaking astronauts was trying to tell me something, or they were trying to tell me how to use my map. <laughs> or how to like change my camera direct, or how to pick my Pikmin or how to pick the dog. And it's like, I wish I could just turn off some of these tutorials. And that's what mm-hmm. I loved about Pikmin one is that it feels the less handholdy, but on the same token and on the same coin there, like it, it, it got a lot of slack. I got a lot of flack because it was kind of like a, what the hell is this re- yeah. review from a lot of people people didn't know what to make of it. It wasn't, like Mike said, it wasn't a StarCraft. It wasn't an Age of Empires style PC real-time strategy game that most gamers were used to playing. It was Nintendo's take. It was supposed to be different. And even Nintendo had trouble developing the game. They um, they had the tech. They knew what they were doing. They had the Pikmin design, but they didn't know what the gameplay was yet. They knew that you would have this army of 100 Pikmin, but, you know, now what is the idea? And it wasn't until they found, like, It wasn't until they found that the pikmin could you know in groups of multiples carry things that they figured okay this is going to be kind of like a fetch quest style game it's going to be a scavenger hunt for pieces and you're going to have to just carry pieces through levels and that's it and if you don't like that gameplay loop like we talked about a few weeks ago then you're probably not going to like pikmin there are small things about the game that i can say after playing later games i don't like like uh picking pikmin out of the ground now is really annoying it just feels so much slower uh, they've definitely sped that up in later games and I wish that it would just, I wish I could just push a button and have all the Pikmin bounce out of the ground, out of the onion. You I can now, you. you can. I know. In the I Switch know you version, can. yeah. <laughs> I know, they finally did that. That really is the only thing for me that I'm like, ah, this is so tedious and time-consuming <laughs> to do. What about you, D? Is there anything about uh, Pikmin 1 that you've played that you'd rather, or that you would like to have changed, I guess 20 years later?
3: <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the changes that I would have made like are being made like obviously they like, just yeah. like the ai the pikmin just naturally like sure like they are so dumb in that first game
1: <laughs> yep
3: and so you're just like you're going fast you're trying to get everywhere and you're just like i've left 20 of them behind because they all tripped or got behind, like stuck behind like a tiny little like piece of ge- geometry in the ground and you're just like they're just stuck now yeah. and so it's like i think they they worked on that a bit i know in pikmin 2 there was this one item that I like had to get my Pikmin to get, and I literally just got stuck. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> so I think that was like my biggest gripe through like a lot of it, along with like every time you get collected, like an item, like it would stop the game. And it's um, like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like I know functionally it has to happen, and I like everything it tells me. Like I like seeing the names and the descriptions of it. I just wish it would just also not stop me in the middle of like a fight or something
1: it would be cool if it could be more like a pop-up window that like kind of appears in the top right corner or something almost like a chat like on a like a like a discord chat or something just like a little window popping up that shows your pikmin on like a little like a secondary camera shows the engine or whatever that they brought back and then you're still doing your thing i agree the cutaway back to your dolphin ship is a little bit annoying i can i can definitely see that especially when you have to collect multiple things yeah um yeah that's a that's a good point
2: yeah, there's there's a couple of like things in that uh, in Pikmin one that just yeah, like you said, D got improved as the games went on. And I think that's what Pikmin has actually done really well, is is, is slowly making improvements to it rather than trying to reinvent the game every time, because it really isn't a game that that needs reinventing. It's also not a game that was really ever meant to have sequels. This was kind of just a uh, a one-off shot because Miyamoto liked gardening like that's kind of yeah. where this came from right and and I don't think Nintendo ever really thought that they were going to make sequels to it until it, it sold relatively well on the GameCube for the first entry and they're like well I guess we can do more stuff and we can kind of polish it up uh, more and yeah 100% of the AI has gotten uh, better over the years
1: did Nintendo say that they didn't want to make sequels out of Pikmin? I don't. I didn't they know didn't, that. They didn't.
2: They didn't. They didn't necessarily say that. But they. They. Uh, when I was reading interviews with, um, Mi- it was Miyamoto, uh, Iwata, and then someone else who do these like Iwata talk sessions. And one of the right. ones that he had was talking about Miyamoto about Pikmin. And Miyamoto was was very much like, I just I didn't think of it as like a franchise. I thought of it as a, as a game. Right. And, and you can definitely see that with, with how Pikmin is created. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. It's so different. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really fit the mold of anything where like a lot of these other ones were very much like, Oh, I can see how this could be improved in the future or I could see how sure. you could add this whole thing. But, um, uh, uh, so you have played one, two and three and, and you do plan on picking up four. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, it's very correct. I'm excited for four. I haven't played the demo and, I, like, the only thing about the demo I have heard is the fact that they kind of, like, can't hold you through the whole thing. Yep. So, I'm aware of that, but I'm overall, I'm planning on playing 4, and I'm very excited for 4.
1: I'm excited for 4, too. I think it's going to be great. I played the demo. I didn't finish the demo. The demo is meaty. I probably played it for close to an hour, and it's not over. Like, it's I, it's really <laughs> long. I don't know how long it is. I was just like, okay, this is good. Like, I, I'm, I'm down. Like, this is going to be fine. Uh, one thing I will say, though, about playing, I did not play Pikmin 3 on Switch. I played Pikmin 3 on the Wii U. And I got to say, the gamepad is perfect for Pikmin. I love the ability to have the map uh, on my screen. You can see where all your Pikmin are. You can quickly switch to different characters, too, on the gamepad. Like You can play as Olimar on one screen, Louie on the other, or whoever the other astronauts are that you're playing as. Uh, I just remember Pikmin 3, the playing that on Wii U. That did ruin me a little bit. Uh, going back to the GameCube controller this week in preparation for the show, and then playing it on Switch, especially on the handheld. I, I playing Pikmin on the handheld was it was overwhelming, and I feel like I need that second screen. So it's gonna definitely take some getting used to. But there's so many new elements in this new Pikmin game. I'm I'm really stoked for it. I'm still working on Tears of the Kingdom as well, though, so I feel like I should get that done before Pikmin. But <laughs> that's more of a me problem than a Nintendo <laughs> problem. But one of the beauties of new Pikmin games, obviously, there's now four games. Each game introduces a new Pikmin. Uh, or two sometimes new Pikmin to the game. Uh, like there's been purple ones and pink ones and white ones. And even old Pikmin developed slightly new uh, abilities. Now we've got the new glow in the dark Pikmin. Obviously, Pikmin uh, 1 only has the three. And that's one of the things that I like about it. It kind of has that the gen one Pokemon thing where there's only 150 Pokemon to worry about, and not a or whatever rat now, which is just insane. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys and, uh, D maybe we'll start with you. Is there an, a type of Pikmin that we haven't seen yet that you think you would want to see in a Pikmin game?
3: Oh, wow. I've never thought about that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, there's probably so many different types of Pikmin you could do, yeah. but I also just love like, are yellow red and blue pikmin i think those are my favorite pikmin and so i'm like do i need more than that like obviously the games are giving mm-hmm. me more than that but do i really need more than those those three
2: that's the question
1: i, I like know. the purple
3: ones i do the like strong those beefy boys.
2: boys. yeah yeah
1: yeah the purple ones are great and then <laughs> they, they
2: had
3: the rock like a, like a the, some kind of steel pikmin in there yeah there's like a know, rock like one that. as
1: well yeah how about you mike have you ever thought about a pikmin type that we haven't seen yet that you'd like to see in a game
2: yeah, just just make it all Pokemon types, just like so. Fairy, dark Pikmin. <laughs> uh, I I like one that I I I would like to see is is like a, a clear Pikmin, Pikmin, or like a Pikmin that can like go through things, like Ghost Pikmin. Ooh. Basically, is uh, is something I'd like to see. I'm not sure how that would work. What kind of functionality that would be? Maybe just like be able to go through walls um, that you wouldn't be able to break otherwise with uh, with other Pikmin. But yeah, just just like Ghost Pikmin is what I'd call them. What about you, Neil?
1: I had yeah, I had kind well kind of a similar idea, but I, I guess not really. I had like a tunneling like a tunneling Pikmin idea where like the Pikmin could dig and then move underground. Maybe they could go under a wall and then get something on the other side and then come back. Or like if an enemy, like one of those giant frog things, is about to eat them, like they could sink sink under the ground maybe for a certain amount of time. Because um, I feel like a lot of the times when your Pikmin are about to get eaten by an animal or by a monster, there's no escape at that point. Like they're they're just kind of screwed. So it'd be cool to have ones that could kind of travel around, basically like Picture Bugs Bunny, like that. Like you know they goes on just <laughs> tunnels like crazy <laughs> somewhere. I think that'd be really cool. I like the idea of a clear one too. though. I think that could be really yeah. neat. Like maybe in, yeah. in in certain environments they almost go invisible. Like they're. That's what uh, I'm thinking.
2: Like, yeah yeah like, like,
1: uh, yeah kind of oh <laughs> i like that see that's a really cool like some stealth pikmin we haven't we don't have any stealth pikmin yet that's awesome call me up nintendo let's go let's uh i'll start this
2: <laughs> but uh d obviously uh you did play this recently so you pikmin is very fresh in your mind which i love uh have you have you pitched pikmin the game slash franchise to other people and and if you do what what kind of pitch do you give them to explain what this game is
3: I mean, I've tried to. I've tried to, to pitch it to people who I think are a bit more casual gamers. I'm just saying like especially like I kind of try and pitch Pikmin 3 first, honestly, at this point because mm. I think... Well, I guess like cause now 1 and 2 are digital on Switch, but I think Pikmin 3 is a very good entry for like more casual players because it's got co-op. You're not as stressed but it's still very much a Pikmin experience so I'm kind of just like it's fun. You got to use your brain but it's not too stressful. But Like, you know, you're going to find something. I think this game has a lot of something for a lot of different types of people.
2: I think so too 100 percent. i think that is the name of the game other than than the charm is the fact that it does have some something for everyone and it's very accessible like pikmin one is is by far the hardest in the franchise for sure because of that 30 days but i mean other than that it's still a quite accessible game once you get past the initial shock of what the hell this game is it, it gets it gets fun to play and and it also gets addicting as i'm sure both of you guys know uh mm-hmm. like you you kind of want to keep playing it you want to be able to to save these Pikmin. Like, because you develop quite an attachment, like I certainly do when I play it. You develop an attachment to these little guys, you don't want them to die. It's so sad.
1: oh i i let them die i don't have any attachment (laughs) especially the red ones i I farm the red ones because like i'll take a group of a hundred out i'm like all right you you hundred are dying so i can clear a path to bring another hundred out to carry everything to carry the bodies of the enemies that you're able to kill back and then this one piece of the ship oh definitely a lot of the pikmin i develop are they're expendable i have a high kill count by the end of a pikmin game Sometimes I do try and keep some of them alive, though, because it is a bit of a pain to uh, to, to, to breed new ones, I guess. Uh, one question I do have for D, though, before uh, before we uh, we let you go, uh, I did want to ask, there aren't that many levels in Pikmin 1, and that's another thing maybe that could be considered a bit of a con for the game. I think there's only four levels in the entire game, uh, plus the boss fight at the end. Is there one specific level in this game that stands out to you? I know that a lot of it is very much garden-based and outdoorsy, obviously, but is there one that you, you love to go back to and play?
3: Uh, I would say probably I think what Forest Naval I think that one after like Garden of Hope and everything like that one really stood out as being like oh it's not just gonna be greenery outside like not like fun but like kind of like I don't know less spooky Mm because you get in there and then you're just kind of like oh I can't really see where I'm going there's fire everywhere there's like right yeah, so I I like that, and overall, like I know I know like as short as the game is, I also kind of like like that for the amount of levels because like once I did my first playthrough, failed it, got the terrible ending, I was like I gotta play it again, and I think mm-hmm. like it being the length it is made it me so easy for me to go back in like right away and just yeah. get it done all in like one like real life day. I right. sat on my couch and played it for. About eight hours, and I was like,
1: great, I'm done. <laughs> I love that. And that, and that, that is, like, the ultimate beauty of this game is that it's a game that – it's a full – it's a A first-party Nintendo game that you can play in a day. Like, th- those types of games just don't exist anymore for the most part, except for indies. Like, first-party studios aren't making games that you can beat in a day anymore.
2: And the whole point, though, is that, like, you can beat it in a day, but, yeah, the replayability is huge. Mm, right. For this, and I think that is – is is. We talk about this all the time, Neil. But with like like small games, small games are okay. Like like Majora's Mask, a small experience, but with a big big payoff for it. And I think Pikmin definitely hits that note. You do see some critics say that the Pikmin is short, but I'd say it's 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 somewhat rare that I I, I see that. It's usually just people praising the game for its charm and and often having that replayability to it. Where like something like Luigi's Mansion, which is honestly around the same amount of time to beat, yeah. uh, is a little less replayable. You know, it's you you know the areas you can go back to it but like probably not right away you're going back maybe in a month or two pikmin like d said you're going back right away you're 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 going to try and see uh if you can beat your score from uh or beat your days from from the time before
1: exactly you're going to play if you play luigi's mansion twice you're probably playing it roughly the same way whereas if you play pikmin one i played through pikmin one probably close to 10 times i've never played it the same way twice
2: yeah that's awesome
1: Um, you can I'm always not. do it different ways and that's awesome. So, D, I hope that you uh you can continue to play Pikmin over and over again on the Wii, on the Switch, pick up the GameCube version and please keep spreading the gospel amongst your friends and family. <laughs> Make sure more people buy Pikmin so that we can get more Pikmin games and we don't have to wait 10 years between Pikmin releases. My god. <laughs> yes, that's the beauty
2: of joining the Pikmin fandom a year ago. And now, you just D joined at the perfect time. Now you can just oh ramp God. up to Pikmin Four.
0: <laughs>
2: that's right. Or you don't have to your, year, like and wait for it. Yeah.
3: I started playing like just before like Pikmin Four was announced, and I was like, "This is the best time to be alive right now."
2: <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Well, D, thank you so much for coming on. We've had a great time talking to you. Uh, yeah, we'll really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. And if you ever want to come back on for more games, uh, Pikmin included, uh, we'd love to have you back on.
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm totally down for that.
1: Awesome. We'll have a Pikmin 4 episode. Maybe, uh, maybe that'll be a Patreon thing that we'll do. We'll review that game. That'd be actually a lot of fun. That would be fun.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: There we go. But it's a date.
2: <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> but thank you again, D, and uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you real soon.
1: Yeah, thanks. You
3: too. Right. Bye. Bye. What a nice young lady.
2: What a nice young lady. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on today, spreading the gospel of Pikmin as Neil intended. Uh, really great to see. Uh, uh, I, I love talking to different people uh, in terms of uh, their gaming experience in terms of uh you know how casual they are how hardcore they are i think pikmin is definitely that game where it intersects any kind of player and i think that's what makes this game and franchise so special so it was really cool to see her uh or to hear about her experience with it and and how she got to play for the first time not on gamecube uh, which is okay uh, but it was neat that she actually has been able to experience gamecube in other ways, uh, uh, because Pikmin got a port to the Wii. And that was one thing we talked about, Neil, that we were really sad about uh, for the GameCube is Cool podcast, how there weren't a ton of these GameCube to Wii ports. So we had Pikmin, we had Strikers, we had Tennis and, and a couple others, but not that many, which was a real shame because uh, uh, Dee could have experienced even more fun GameCube games
1: i know it's it's fantastic that they're making these games slowly but surely more and more accessible and this is a good example of why they need to make them more accessible why all these video games should be brought up to the next the next hardware nintendo should do everything that they can to make as much as possible playable on switch because imagine if no one could play pikmin one through three right now unless you owned a wii or a gamecube and a wii u yeah and if you want to play hey pikmin you can get your 3ds but now they have all the pikmin games on switch i feel like they should have a team just doing that like getting getting all the Mario games, getting all the Zelda games, all of the all the Pikmin games, all the Mario Karts, the Donkey Kongs, the Star Foxes, this should be Nintendo's project. Like As they're putting out new stuff, they should also be bringing up their old stuff because it's obviously driving sales of new games. Like I can't imagine anybody or many people are going to pick up Pikmin 4 having never played the old ones uh, or at least know what the old ones are. So it's definitely a franchise that, granted, the story is not something you're going to hang off the edge of your seat for, so maybe Pikmin 4 is one that you can probably jump into and understand totally fine, but it'd be really weird to talk to somebody who plays Pikmin 4 first, and then goes back to the old ones. That'll be really interesting. And those people are going to exist now, by the way, because Pikmin 1 and 2 are only playable on Switch basically at the time of recording only two weeks ago, I think. And the physical versions aren't even out yet. And Pikmin 4 is available this week. So there's going to be thousands if not potentially in the future millions of people who will play Pikmin 4 first go back to Pikmin 1 and probably not like it as much as uh, people like me who played Pikmin 1 first will that you won't appreciate it as much I don't think because it's like seeing a band in their early days it's easy to get it's easy to get into Green Day in the American Idiot years Mike but it's hard if you're from the uh, the smoothed out slappy hours years you know what I mean <laughs> I know what you mean Neil and and, and
2: I also <laughs> wanted to ask you before we bring on our second guest of the show Ramon to talk about some Pikmin uh, and, and that's what do you think about Dee's recommendation uh, for for casual new players to start with Pikmin 3 instead of 1?
1: I think that that's correct. Uh, definitely Pikmin 1 mm. or Pikmin 3. I mean, I guess it depends on the person. Like if you are a casual player, then yes, absolutely. Pikmin, right. uh, Pikmin 3 is the way to go. But if you're someone who, like me, grew up playing RTS games on PC... Uh, If you happen to in 2020, I guess maybe these days kids don't play uh, Age of Empires as often anymore. (laughs) Uh, But for me, that was a that was a big game in my childhood and Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. So I grew up playing RTS games without knowing what that genre even was. So um, I was ready for for Pikmin when it when it when I was when I was playing it. So uh, but if I if I was just introducing someone new to games, yeah, Pikmin 3 probably on Switch would be. The one that I would suggest, um, and honestly, Wii U. Like, like I said, it with D, and I mean it. P- playing Pikmin on the game pad is awesome. Um, yeah. I would love the ability to have the game pad again just to play Pikmin Four. Uh, honestly, that'd be so cool. Just to be able to switch between Pikmin, switch between characters, and see your map at all times. It's one of those games. Uh, it's Pikmin and Metroid are the two games that benefited from that second screen gamepad, either on Wii U or 3DS. So yeah, I would I would definitely agree with D on that one. But I guess Mike we can actually probably ask that with our next caller. I do see that the uh, the phone lines are still ringing. So uh who's our next guest joining the show? Phone lines absolutely off the hook today. We have friend of the show, Ramon,
2: joining us for some Pikmin talk. He, of course, came on the Pikmin 1 episode uh, that we are kind of revisiting here way back in June of 2020. It's been over three years now, and it wasn't a great episode, as we talked about earlier in the show. So we really want to give Ramon some uh, justice here, and he can <laughs> properly uh, say his piece. Uh, and so, Ramon, before we get into Pikmin One, we want to ask you: for a new person coming into the franchise, what Pikmin game would you recommend them to start with?
0: I have to say that people should start up with Pikmin Two. Pikmin mm-hmm. One is a classic, I will say that, but Pikmin Two, I think there's just more variety, and they like kind of smooth a, a couple of things out, and I think it's a bit more forgiving than Pikmin One. And they add the purple
1: Pikmin, which is the most important. Exactly. I love that dude. <laughs> and, the Dur- and the Duracell battery. You need kids to understand. You need, the, you need that connection to the real world. You need the Coke bottle and the Sprite cab exactly. and the Duracell battery. <laughs> you need all those things because every kid loves a good battery. That's what kids want to do is collect garbage in parks. That's the biggest easy access to a video game. Exactly.
2: They can relate to it.
1: <laughs>
2: That's right. Uh, Pikmin Two. I mean, of course, uh, we did talk about it a little earlier, uh, and you were on for the Pikmin Two episode that we did, where you and Neil kind of butted heads a little bit about how, uh, why both of you like the game. Uh, of course, Ramon, you are definitely a proponent of no uh, day limit. Is that correct?
0: No day timer. Yeah. You know, give me some time. You know, I just want to c- cruise and explore a bit more. I'm good. You know, we don't. What? We don't. It's fine. It's fine. You have 30 days to collect 23 (laughs)
1: pieces. You can figure it out. I I do kind of agree, though, that I think that maybe the ability to remove it is fine. Like, that might be a good quality of life thing where it's like, just let let me save all. Olimar's got life support. He's got a hundred days. Like, you know, he's not, he's not going to implode like certain other uh, stranded people out there. Um, That's a bad joke. (laughs) Too early. Um, (laughs) There needs to be some sense of urgency as we've learned in the real world, guys, that, uh, you know, uh, life is, life is fragile and Olimar is no different despite the fact that uh, he, I guess he's not really a human though, right? Like we don't exactly know what the science of his of his life support is we know uh there actually there actually is some true facts about him i guess since he's a smash character they needed to give him some physics relative to everybody else he weighs 35 grams so the odds of him being a human uh slim to none
2: 35 grams and i believe is about an inch tall although it seems like they they kind of sized him up a little bit for a smash bros so he could actually face off against uh ganondorf and other large right. guys on, on the field uh his oxygen is poisonous uh, to whom that's kind of how we know that um, that PNF-404 is is Earth, post-apocalyptic Earth. Also just, a, I, I always, always love that name. We don't learn PNF-404 until Pikmin 3, I believe, but uh, PNF standing for planet not found, uh, 404, like a 404 page error. Uh, love that. Right. But Ramon, Pikmin 1, uh, we got to ask you, what are your first memories of playing this game?
0: Well, for hardcore listeners, everyone um, remembers that I stole my Pikmin for one game. So <laughs> that's my fond memory. I got a free game, um, which I may or may not have just resold on eBay a couple days ago. So Ooh, <laughs> pure profit. Very good. Making profit off cr- a crime. Um, with Pikmin specifically, I have very fond memories of it because the way that I acquired it was illegal. So that was kind of funny. Oh. And we don't have to get into that one, but let's just say I'm also a Pikmin in character since I Yeah, you that took thing. it
1: you, you took it and ran.
0: Took it and ran. Um, but yeah. <laughs> no, it is such a bizarre game, especially when it like came out, right? It's such a weird um it's a new franchise, of course, uh, when it was introduced and the concept was so bizarre, especially for kind of younger kids where um, you're basically just asked the garden and then pick up garbage that's pretty much it and um a weird cause for sure but i did i was intrigued by the concept it is one of those games that you can't
2: really look away you know it's it's it really draws you in in this uh very almost hypnotic sense especially with the pikmin themselves and how they're used uh that they're used in such a unique way to gaming at the time and like neil said it earlier but i mean this this was and originally or originally, was a demo for Super Mario 128, which was going to be the the sequel to Super Mario 64. And, and basically the tech demo was how many Marios can we fit on screen at once?
0: Yeah. And
2: uh, <laughs> so if you want to imagine 128 Marios running around, well, that eventually, that technology was put to use for Pikmin. And having uh, 100 Pikmin running around, mainly doing, doing the same thing, but... Uh, this kind of style of gaming really had only ever been seen before in, like, the the Total War games uh, where you have just, like, thousands of little tiny pixels on screen uh, going at each other. Obviously, it got more uh, refined as the years went on, but the, the Total War games are what I uh, think of in terms of just having a ton of things on screen at once, and those are also the more tactical uh, RTS games, so... Uh, Pikmin taking that RTS, or, or I should say, Nintendo taking that RTS genre and putting it to use with this charm and with this weird, bizarre gameplay with th- these, this very strange-looking things. Uh, I mean, even Olimar, like, you know, it's, what is he? You know, like we said, he's he's not a human. He's something uh, with his in his SS <laughs> dolphin coming down and crashing down on on maybe Earth. Like, it's what a. What a bizarre concept, but it, it it feeds itself and it definitely works really well in Nintendo's kind of ecosystem that they had going at this time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's got it's got some incredible Nintendo charm that we talked a lot about with D already. And one thing about this game that makes it different from the games like you mentioned there, Mike, like Total War, is that this is basically a war game in a way, even though you're fighting against these animals that really don't hate you. They're just doing what they're instinctually designed to do, which is to eat and I guess kill predators or whatever. Um, But the thing about this game that makes it different from those RTS games is that when you play those PC games, all of your soldiers and characters are are pretty lifeless. You don't really have any connection to them. When they die, they die. They disappear on the screen. They eventually vanish or whatever. You You never really knew them. You didn't have to I guess you did have to grow them in a way, which is kind of <laughs> weird. But when the Pikmin die, you actually feel that emotional devastation yeah. when they do. Like, you see, like, their little ghost leave them, which is really weird. Like, they go, like, ah, as
2: their, like, ghost leaves their their corpse, basically. Yeah, can I hear that sound effect from from Ramon? Can you do that for us?
1: Yeah, but Ramon, hit us with that sound.
3: <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> That's honestly exactly what it is. But like, you you hear them drowning and they're like gargling water. You hear them on fire and they're like freaking <laughs> out. You hear them get st- yeah. You hear them get stomped and they're like ah. Like and it's all of that. Like you don't want any of that to happen to them. And none of the other PC games at the time did that. And there is the level of like, oh, you know, I grew these guys. You know, I, 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 I feel like I raised them. I'm their dad. But it does make it, it does make me kind of question, especially in the first game. Are the Pikmin doing all these things against their will or aren't they? Because at times it feels like Olimar is forcing them into these horrible things. But then at the same time, they follow him around. They follow him to each level. They seem to like him. But then he'll make them do terrible, terrible things. Uh, Their brothers and sisters are being killed by the hundreds if you're playing as me. And yet they come back and help you the very next day. And even like when you look at the box art, none of the Pikmin here look like they're having a good time, uh, except Olimar. Olimar looks like he's like a a sadistic asshole just coming to this distant planet. And all these Pikmin are wide-eyed, horrified, running away from this frog guy. (laughs) And even on the back of the case, Olimar is pulling a blue Pikmin, shout out to the blue boys, blowing a blue Pikmin out of the ground, and his eyes are terrified. Like, he looks like he does not want to be there. So, do you guys ever feel guilty playing Pikmin when your Pikmin die, or that like, you're bringing them into these horrible things, Ramon? Do you do you feel good about yourself playing Pikmin?
0: <laughs> so, I will say, the the whole charm of the noises and, like, the sense of, you know, connection with the li- little, little weeds um, does actually help with, you know, not trying to torture them, just because... I don't know, yeah. like, growing up at the same time with, like, let's say, roller coaster Tycoon. Oh, sadistic level of torture yes, on those yeah. people. <laughs> but with the Pikmins, I'm never going to throw them in the water unless I need to. So, yeah, I, I do sense, or I do find that, like, those little addeds of, like, the sounds, the ghosts, um, they those small details really add to, like, building a connection with these pretty, honestly, kind of lifeless kind of one-body um, entities. They don't really have that much personality um, individually, I would say. Yeah, very one-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. Your bigger question is, we are clearly a corporation, because it wasn't Pikmin 2 all about like paying off debt. Yes, yep. Exploiting natural <laughs> oh, yeah. resources and exploiting <laughs> the natives of whatever country or planet we are in and just basically stealing their resources and turning them against each other. Right. So um, we are just mimicking history. Is this Avatar? seems like this is Avatar.
3: I was going to say... Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it's kind (laughs) of like
0: Avatar.
1: It's Pocahontas. It's Avatar. You're going into this land and you're pillaging it for all of its resources. You're killing all of the locals, all of the uh, the indigenous people, all of the the animals. And then you're taking the strongest species on that planet. You're taking them with you. And you're making them fight for you so you don't have to... And then you leave. You straight up just... (laughs) You destroy this beautiful garden, you you pollute the waters, your your ship, you're littering all over the damn place, and then you leave. Honestly, Olimar is the villain of the Pikmin world. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're playing as like Joel in The Last of Us. That's what you're doing here.
2: <laughs> Just like how we discovered that Luigi was the villain <laughs> in Luigi's Mansion. Right. Uh, Olimar is the villain in Pikmin.
0: <laughs> all the Nintendo protagonists are actual villains. <laughs> so you're saying Wario and Waluigi are the the good the guys heroes. they might be the heroes yeah yeah makes sense
1: makes sense i like that yeah Olimar's is not a good guy Olimar can Allamar can suck it honestly <laughs> he's not a good guy but
3: yeah he, he's an
1: interesting character he does have a family so i guess you're supposed to feel some sympathy for him but i do like the uh the little nods that they had to the gamecube development obviously this is basically a gamecube launch title uh, the Dolphin, it's a cute little easter egg that's obviously been pointed out thousands of times that it's it's the codename for the GameCube. When it was uh, being developed, it was codenamed Dolphin, and that is the name of his ship that gets uh, blown into 23 conveniently located pieces around the world. And you get to go into only four levels, I believe. The entire game is only about four worlds uh, areas to explore. Uh, with various different uh abilities that you need your pikmin to use to uh to bring back all these pieces ramon do you have a favorite level in pikmin one that you like to go back to or one that brought you the most joy
0: um i think honestly the the beginning level where you like pick up your first couple pikmin and you can kind of um destroy like the pathways it's just Just the mechanics Uh to see like yeah exactly just to kind of see oh actually you just use these little guys and they can like you know break down something really big so i always found that like a really kind of touch point or like a really charming touch point where like oh this is actually kind of cool mm.
2: yeah it definitely c- brings you into the game for the uh, and it makes you start to understand what this game is uh, of course it, it is a game that kind of just drops you in there so like when, when you first played it like what what was your reaction to this like what did you know what to
0: do inherently or were you just kind of like <laughs> running around stuck no, I was definitely running around just like blowing that whistle, just <laughs> yeah. that's what I was supposed to be doing, collecting all like the little Pikmins, but not realizing that you actually have to like progress and kind of solve uh, little puzzles here and there. So I think after a bit, like it, I don't recall it guiding you that well, but nope. um, I think after, you know, the first two levels, you kind of got the hang of it. But yeah, it was definitely a weird concept, like I said before, but the way that they kind of demonstrated the mechanics of it was, you know, good enough to kind of make me pl- keep playing. That's something that we don't talk a lot about on the show is the
1: perspective of these games from, say, a parent point of view. Mm-hmm. This game must have sucked for people that bought this game for their kids <laughs> because they would have only heard the whistle. The whistle. <laughs> yeah, the whistle from the other room. All the, They wouldn't have been able to hear the great... Th- this game has a fantastic soundtrack, mm-hmm. really ambient sounds, and it's masked by this frickin' soccer referee whistle the entire time. Why did they have to give Olimar that? Why can't... That's another one of these quality-of-life things that we've talked a bit about today. Improvements that the game could have made. The ability to switch out that sound with anything else would have been a welcomed addition for me. Uh, The Donkey Konga bongos? What do you think? Using those instead? Honestly, yes. <laughs> Playing Pikmin with a Donkey
0: Kong bongo. Let's see if that can be done. Honestly, might try that later. I want a DLC of um, like a New Yorker construction <laughs> foreman. Like, hey, yo, get the bridge. <laughs> or over here. <laughs> and just
1: yelling at Pikmin in his, in his New York Brooklyn accent. That would be awesome. <laughs>
2: that's 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 the mod that's why we need this that's why nintendo needs to put this on pc so we can make some pikmin mods it
1: would it would honestly just be how quickly can we turn the pikmin into shrek that would really be what it is that's every every pc mod is how quickly can we get shrek into this game i mean can you blame them (laughs) no no every game gets better when there's shreks in it but ramon are there any uh things about pikmin one that you would like to see
0: improved is there anything about the game that you think hasn't aged particularly well in 20 years you know what? It's uh, the 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 concept is great, but honestly, I know we were talking about this before, but I think like the objectives and story could be a bit improved. Where mm-hmm. okay, we were at like um four uh, games in the franchise right now. Let's move away from you know just collecting the junk, repeating the whole um repair my ship. Let's you know why don't we beautify the. Um, planet you know if it was so fix the post- planet we screwed up in the first game <laughs> exactly <laughs> we go back we we fix it and like we you know remove any you know um machinery and we still like get those points and that money but you know it you know makes the floor and the environment a bit better just so it's a bit more nicer for the pigment yeah like just to kind of i don't know where the franchise is going i'll be honest but like adding these kind of like nice little um kind of charming uh elements to it which i think is the core uh appeal of the game Mm -hmm. um would be kind of nice like just lean in on that you know have a little village for your pigment when you leave so like a little bit of a like uh uh some kind of building sim just a small portion not the entire thing but um you know just to kind of improve the little um life the life quality of the of the actual pikmin that you have
2: yeah, the 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 building sim like that's actually a good point because th- that was one thing I always kind of thought of when I saw Pikmin was I thought it, it rather than an RTS I thought it did have like sim elements to it. And it, I mean, it does in in some cases, but it, it's obviously much more into the real time strategy land. Because when you first look at it, you kind of think of Animal Crossing. You kind of think of something like that, right? It seems like you're like you're building things. It seems like you're 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 adding new things to your shop. You're you're, you're getting upgrades. Um, but you know, instead, it, it's more just you controlling where the Pikmin are going and and bringing things to you and 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 stuff like that. So. I, that's a good point to to like maybe add a, a sim factor in there of, of course this game was made quite quickly you know it, it came, went from a demo to to a, f- a fully realized game in like what like a year and a half like it was uh it was developed quite quickly and and it came out as a full package is one thing to, to give this a lot of credit uh, get pikmin one coming out in december 2001 as just a fully realized game you know a short game for sure but it, uh, a game that doesn't have any bugs, really, you know, doesn't, does things pretty well, doesn't need a huge amount of upgrades as we've talked to, with our guests now. And, and even seeing it get ported to the Switch, uh, the only things that really got changed were some of the textures uh, as well as the uh, ability to, to have motion because it was a, uh, a Wii uh, port and uh, being able to do the, the, the grabbing the Pikmin um, with just the holding A instead of a mashing A this time.
1: Right, yeah, plucking the Pikmin out of the ground is something that needed to be changed. It's really, really hard to go back uh, from the current Pikmin games to the old one to the first one and doing that because you do have to, you do have to get used to that for sure. There's definitely a few quality of life things. I like the idea that you guys had there of uh, adding like an environmental kind of not propaganda or anything like an environmental message, I guess, to the game in that, you know, Olimar's going around with Pikmin and planting trees, maybe beautifying the water again. Like maybe he's gone to like a polluted planet and he's trying to fix it all up again. I think that'd be really cool. And then I I I had to laugh. I was thinking about the idea of like you building up a Pikmin almost like a Sim City kind of thing. Like you build up like a (laughs) school and like like a infrastructure and a city and a they get an economy and everything going and then you come back and then like in 500 years you come back and they're like nuking each other because they developed like hatred like the red <laughs> it's red versus it's like all been segmented and they've all been segregated into different areas and it becomes like a nuclear war between Pikmin and they become like humans I think that'd be really funny it'd be like a Twilight Zone episode but
0: they worship Olimar as like a god and so it's literally like something from the Twilight Zone <laughs> he is their lord and savior but you can kind of go in two ways with that like if we wanted to go on like the, the good route and beautify and right. fix the environment, yes. sure. But we can also go on the other way and conquer and it'll just be all Pikmin, an entire Pikmin planet and like no other life forms and we just rule. I like there's that. Nintendo we- would never do that. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> I'm just like, there's options. You can have different play patterns.
1: Or, or, we can add a dog to the game is what they're or, doing Or, yes. <laughs> or a dog, yes.
0: And dog dog sells.
2: We love dog. We love dog.
1: Oh yeah, love that new dog. Can't wait.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about Pikmin that is, really nice is the fact that there are a lot of different play patterns so even without these mods that we're we're imagining uh, Pikmin is just a game that you can play in so many different ways and you can play it like Neil said earlier 10 times and never play it uh, the same way again and, and Ramon when you first played this game did you were you able to to beat it or did
0: you get the the bad ending I believe I was able to beat uh, Pikmin 1 um mm. I don't think I got the bad ending for it I don't think I got like because is there, I forget, was there like a percentage completion? There's not a percentage since the game is
1: just collecting all the, the 20 or so pieces of the ship, mm. all the parts of the ship. So you either do that or you don't. Uh, the main thing is just that it is it is kind of like the uh, the meta community of the game is that the main thing is the, the stats that you can do best are uh, how many Pikmin you lose. So ah. you want to minimize the number of deaths and minimize the number of days that it takes you to beat the game. Those are the two main ways that you can do better. Uh, in Pikmin but there's not really like a percentage completion it's more like did you get Olimar off the planet or not it's a pass or fail game well
2: there is also the the, the, the different ending that you do get if you uh, finish it uh, under 30 rather than doing it at 30 exactly which is uh, the Pikmin actually come with you uh, where if you do it at right. 30 exactly then
0: uh, Olimar goes and he leaves the Pikmin behind oh yeah I'm pretty sure I left them behind Whoops. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a a reward. I would have tried harder if I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) Fight for your Pikmin. Come on, Ramon.
1: (laughs) What's crazy is that the best I've ever done, we've talked about, the best I've ever done in this game, playing, I'm a fairly casual gamer. Uh, 18 days is the best that I've done. According to Pikmin fandom, six is the lowest amount of time it's taken to ever complete uh, Pikmin. Uh, But I think that there's a lot of game-breaking glitches, and uh, I can't imagine dedicating myself to doing it that well i don't need to beat pikmin in six days that's basically what two hours not even of uh, of real time um that's impressive though
2: yeah because each day is 15 minutes roughly uh so yeah i mean uh just actually actually basically an hour (laughs) uh uh, uh, or two
1: an hour and a half yeah yeah yeah, yeah
2: wow that's uh that's impressive. Uh, whoever was able to do that. I know there are speedruns of it as well. There is definitely a speedrunning community and a community for Pikmin. Pikmin, uh, there is that that niche, that grassroots movement. I mean, there is a reason why we have Pikmin 4. Like, the franchise hasn't sold
1: that well. Uh, it just it has a very vocal uh, fan base, which is good to see. We like that. And we have two vocal fans on right here. Yes, we do. And I'm glad that we have Ramon on today. Mike, I was wondering if it would be okay if I read the back of the case while we have Ramon on. Does that sound okay with you guys? it's ramon's favorite part so yeah let's do it (laughs) (laughs) all right sounds good but first victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back
0: of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading the back of the case
1: My name is Captain Olimar, I've crash landed on a strange planet. My ship is in pieces, my only hope for survival lies with odd creatures I call Pikmin. Perhaps it is because I have plucked each of them from the earth, but these Pikmin seem to obey my every command. Up to 100 follow me at a time. Pikmin fight fiercely and in great numbers. They can vanquish the monstrous predators of this planet after battles. They tote fallen enemies back to their nests to be transformed into more Pikmin. I have only 30 days before my life support system fails me and I succumb to this toxic oxygen. Fortunately, the Pikmin are tireless in their efforts to help. And that's the back of the case. We've got a couple pictures here of the Pikmin all, again, they are doing this completely in their own will. They're fighting giant monsters that can kill them without even trying. <laughs> and they're carrying uh, carrying giant pieces of Olimar's ship. Well, he does absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, are you the enemy? I'll, I'll leave that to, up to you to decide. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, once again uh proving that the Pikmin seem to be here not 100% again uh, uh in their will but uh they uh they're probably just plotting to overthrow Alamar and uh have go back to his home planet and take that over. So that's the mm. real sequel we need Ooh. is when the Pikmin go back oh, to Alamar's home planet.
1: It's like Jurassic Park 2 where they take them back to the city and then the Pikmin just completely dist- like they eat all the like wildlife and the vegetation and earth dies in like 5 days. That's right. That's a really that's what that's the that's what the Nintendo and Illumination animated Pikmin film will all be about. Just the human race dying because Pikmin got brought back to Earth by Olimar because he's an idiot. One thing missing uh, in this game, I would say before, this probably my last thing that I have to say that this game is unfortunately missing, is multiplayer. This is a first-person, it's a one-player game only. Obviously, the newer Pikmin games all incorporate multiplayer. I think that this game could have had a bit more playability. We've talked a lot about playing the game single-player over and over again, but Nintendo are very well-known for uh, making their multiplayer games, and I feel like Pikmin would have done even better back in the day if it had the ability to uh,
0: fight against your friends with your Pikmin armies.
1: Would you have played Pikmin against friends, Ramon, if you had the ability to do that?
0: Um, if I had friends, yes. If I had the ability, sure, of course. That would be kind of fun. But I, <laughs> but I think it's friends just... friends from a... the ground. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a weird concept to introduce for like a multiplayer. It's like, hey, do you like want to get together and like battle with like how many weeds we can pull out you can have a land party it's, and play pikmin i definitely yeah. play now but i think it's a hard sell so i i understand why they didn't put that time in it but yeah i think going forward definitely it's a lot more fun if, with friends imagine if nintendo's answer to halo was pikmin
2: <laughs> you love <laughs> halo you love shooting things why not shoot things but with other things welcome to pikmin <laughs> but yes uh and our last yeah. question for you ramon would be we have lots of different colors uh, and lots of different types of Pikmin now in all the different Pikmin releases. Would there be
0: a new Pikmin that you'd like to see uh, uh, be created for the next Pikmin game? I'm surprised there isn't a green one. Oh, no, I think the fourth one has, like, some kind of glowy one. it um, be hard to see a green Pikmin in these games. That's fair. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> um, some Some kind of spiky. Hmm. Some kind of prickly, more kind of, like, dangerous-looking Pikmin. I'm picturing like a Gordo
2: from like the Kirby universe, you know the thing that DDD throws, the spiky
0: right. uh, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm picturing that, but as a Pikmin, and I like that. Or those things when you like walk in the weeds and it's like that ball of like brown spikes, and just get stuck mm-hmm. on your clothes. Oh, like, oh, like in like real life, like, like a bird. Burr. Yeah. yes, exactly, Neil.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know what that would be good for. I guess like they would just like everything would stick to them. So they wouldn't have to carry is, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting one. Good
0: for enemies. Probably.
1: Yeah. They get to know, like the enemy, they, they stick to an enemy and then the enemy is so annoyed that the fact that there's this burr stuck <laughs> to their ass that they have to try and get the burr Pikmin off while your red guys are, uh, are, are knocking down their <laughs> lives. That's a, that's a good one.
2: I like that. Uh, yeah, no Pikmin one uh a a absolute classic and and a game that you should probably pick up and and everyone should try at some point i have and i'm not a huge pikmin fan but uh, i respect i respect the 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 fans who love it so much and uh ramon with that is there anything else you'd like to say about this game or franchise before we let you go
0: um that the blue pikmin's the best one
2: (laughs) okay that's everyone it. look up blue pikmin memes we had a lot of fun <laughs> three years ago looking up blue pikmin memes some of them not safe for work that's all we'll say
1: <laughs> well ramon thank you so much for coming on it's a ton of fun talking with you about pikmin we hope that you enjoy pikmin 4 will you be picking up pikmin 4 when it comes out on switch or are you skipping it
3: uh
0: when it goes on um discounts Oh, okay. So never. You're going to never play <laughs> Pikmin 4, basically. So it seems like never. <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, enjoy
1: playing Pikmin 1 and 2 over and over again while you wait for that inevitable Nintendo discount, which will never come. Uh, we'll let you know how Pikmin 4 is, and uh, maybe, you can le- maybe you can borrow it from me or Mike, and then we can have you back on the show and talk about some more Pikmin. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy.
0: Thanks, fellas.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: What, what a nice young, young man. man.
2: What a nice young man. Thank you very much, Ramon, for coming on today. Uh always appreciate your pikmin talks we've of course had him on for pikmin one and pikmin two so it was fun to go back to the original and talk a little bit about that and uh all the great things about pikmin uh so much to say and uh i know that he is a 30 day or he is not a 30 day enthusiast like you we already had that argument on pikmin two so uh didn't want to have it too much again on pikmin one
1: yeah, it is a very divisive thing that that mm-hmm. thirty day cycle. That is the thing that like people miss it or they they love that it's gone. And I think we talked about this three years ago. But I would like the uh, I like to have a rushed like a rush mode in Pikmin yes. where you have to you can put those uh, those shackles on yourself if you want to. I suppose you can put on those restrictions to make the game harder, but it doesn't feel quite the same because the ending is the same regardless of how you play it. For everybody, you can play it slow and steady, or you can play it. Uh, Fast and Furious, if you want, and either way, you're going to get the same ending. It would be cool to have go back to the days when there would be differences depending on how well you do, how many Pikmin you keep alive, how many days you get in and out of the game. in. I like that in Pikmin. It feels like that would be the only kind of Nintendo game that would do that. There aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of video games anymore that reward high scores like that. Like there are definitely games that reward uh, perseverance, like with Platinum trophies that we love to talk about occasionally. But that's mm-hmm. mo- mainly for the most part just sticking with the game for a long time it's not necessarily getting really good at it it sometimes is just you play the game for 100 hours it's like okay you know i didn't beat i didn't beat it very quickly some games do do that but for the most part most games these days just reward you not trading it in it seems
2: <laughs> that that is very true actually and i mean pikmin you saying that I, that kind of just made me spark an idea that pikmin would be the perfect platinum trophy kind of like achievement goal that that uh, would work well i mean obviously Nintendo doesn't use trophies to with a, it's yeah. kind of a controversial move. I wish they did do something like that for achievements. But Pikmin would be the perfect one because there are so many different ways to play the game, like you said, and there's so many different mm-hmm. paths that you can take. And the one big gold trophy that I I envision would definitely be playing Pikmin without having a Pikmin die. Like I would, pr- oh if gosh. I was a big Pikmin fan, I would probably try and get that trophy because it would be really interesting to see how hard that actually would be.
1: There are so many, there are so many ways you can make Nintendo games way more interesting with achievements. It seems like even the alternate ending, it feels like has gone away for the most part. Like we talked so many about so many games from the GameCube and the, and the N64 era too, where the games were different depending on how well you did. And it feels like you might get a small handful of those every year or every generation rather like they barely come out anymore. The games are just, they're the same no matter how you play them for the most part. And alternate endings are underrated and they should definitely come back.
2: I mean, this was Nintendo really at the peak of its charming and inventive self, I would say. Oh, yeah. For, for mm-hmm. Like, Pikmin really represents that for me. And I think, like, Nintendo, uh, we've talked about this before, but Nintendo did really kill it in that GameCube era, starting off with Pikmin and uh, really creating their own magic and, and, and giving some great characteristics to a genre that really had no business having that. I mean, like, other genres that Nintendo was reinventing at the time were, like, survival horror with Luigi's Mansion uh you think of the farming slash life sim with animal crossing uh, uh fps like you said before with metroid prime even rhythm games with donkey konga uh and sports
1: the... games with their mario sports that was the golden era of mario sports games
2: exactly and and even the rpg they had done it before but but really the pinnacle rpg uh with paper mario thousand year door like right. Pikmin was just another in a long line of what nintendo was doing best at. and all five of those games that i mentioned or six uh Uh, of those games all had that charm and innovation to them that Nintendo was just so good at in that era and that's a big reason why people like D go back and play these games 22 years later uh, and and still think of the the, massive amount of charm and love that they have for them and and the fact that you know the graphics really didn't throw her at all Uh, you, you think of a game that's maybe just like 25 years old from the N64 era or something. You know how much I'd like to, you know, uh, harp <laughs> on the N64. But even like a game like Banjo, like we talked about, it's like, yeah, sure. Like those, the, the graphics looked very, very good for the time. But uh, a new, a person coming into gaming playing Banjo today, I don't know. Like that would be a little jarring, I think, to me, mm-hmm. is going to, to play that rather than Pikmin, which looks smooth still, works great. The graphics don't take away from the experience that you're having with it uh everything about it is 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 colorful and charming and different and it's it's something that i i think really stands the test of time and for a game like that that came out in 2001 i bet you no one would have ever ever guessed that that game would have gone on to have sequels and really be able to be in the public eye in some way uh 22 years later
1: Definitely not. But it feels like it's a weird, it's a weird, again, it's like the split between people who like the 30-day cycle and the people who don't. There's also the weird split by people who don't, people... Who forget about Pikmin as a franchise and people who wonder why it takes so long between Pikmin games. Yeah. Like you get people who are A-E- like me, eagerly anticipating a new Pikmin game, and people who couldn't care less if there's one every console cycle or not. Yeah. So sure. it, it is it is funny how it's like this weird kind of slumbering franchise that is very it has its it has its big audience, people that love it, but then it doesn't have the same sales as like an Animal Crossing does, where Animal Crossing has one game per generation too, Mario Kart does. It's usually, well, Zelda usually has two, but Animal, or <laughs> Mario Kart, and Animal Crossing come to mind. Those games sell tens of millions of copies, and Pikmin sells maybe. I'm going to guess Pikmin four probably will land around between five and ten. Mm-hmm. That's the rough prediction that I'm going to say now, which is very good. Um, but nothing compared to some of the other first party games. And Mike, a lot of people like me, like Ramon, like D. we love Pikmin. We love everything about it. We want to see the franchise grow, no pun intended, and uh, grow a new audience and uh, new Pikmin. We want to see all the colors of the rainbow come out for Pikmin. But there are people out there that don't like Pikmin as much as we do. So I think that we should go into, into the internet archives and find a negative review of Pikmin. It's time to review that review. And I actually did find one here. It's on Metacritic and it's from May of 2022. So not an old review, but I couldn't really find any negative ones from back in the day. This one comes from GDS Reviews and they gave the game a zero. How do you feel about that first uh, right off the bat?
2: Wow, a zero. I'm not sure if we've done a zero review yet. I think we've done a bunch of ones and twos, but a full on zero. uh, Well, they're going to have to make some kind of case to me. So let's hear it.
1: Here's their case. If you ask me anything about this game, I would be baffled. I never understood Pikmin in any shape and form, and the strategy guide failed to bring any clarity to what I was doing. This game has a timer of 30 days, and you can collect random objects as part of your mission. The game's title come from the creatures that are the staple of it in pikmin you pluck them out of the ground and then you try to build an army of them to complete your tasks i cannot really say anything more about this game when i simply could not understand it at all now this person (laughs) went around in a circle saying that they could not understand or explain this game right after understanding and explaining the game
2: and they gave no specific reasons on why they couldn't understand like they, they this is like the most generic irrelevant review that i have like ever seen like they didn't say anything they literally didn't no. like uh, talk about the game at all other than having a 30 ti- uh, 30 day timer um like and and not like this is oh yeah we need to collect random objects to complete or, uh, as part of your mission yeah you need to complete the mission
1: that's what you do. Correct. That is that is the point of a game, is Keep usually going. to complete a mission of some kind. So you might have just an issue with video games in general. This user, I went into their. they only have like five reviews or so, just a couple on Metacritic, and they gave Majora's Mask a five, so clearly they don't. <laughs> I don't know what kind of games they're looking for at this point, but uh, I can't imagine playing a video game where your job is to complete tasks under a certain amount of time. That sounds baffling to me uh, in terms of <laughs> a video game, but but Mike, there are people out there who love it, as we've said a bunch of times today, so much so that it does appear in 1001 video games you must play before you die. So why don't you hit us with a little bit of a page turning ASMR and let us know what they say about this, uh, this masterpiece of a GameCube game.
2: Oh, I can. And it's slotted right beside Super Smash Bros. Melee, which seems very, nice. uh, very good and where it should be. So let's find it here. Very apropos, as they say. After, apropos. Miyamoto never has to look far for a game idea. Pikmin was created after a bit of gardening. The result is something of an oddity, a real time strategy game of sorts, albeit one like no other, and something that can delight and disturb in equal measure. The game has an ingenious mixture of spatial puzzles, battles of local wildlife, and strategy as you work out how many of the different kinds of Pikmin you need to handle each engagement. Pikmin is an exercise in pure Darwinism. It really is a survival of the fittest as the friendly space captain uses his new friends to keep himself alive, even if they die in the process. It's (laughs) cute and disturbing at the same time, but that doesn't stop it from being a sublime piece of game design in its
1: own right. I feel like that perfectly summarizes what we've been talking about today every time um, yeah <laughs> it's almost as if we might have we might have written that book who knows it,
2: it feels like we did but yeah no it was a, a great uh, great review for a great summary uh, of the game for sure definitely cute and disturbing at the same time which is the the, the charm and invasion that we've been talking about uh, for sure sublime piece of game design that's something that we we have discussed but uh, uh, from a technical point of view, like this game is designed unbelievably, and it's a, quite a complex game to make. Like huge, huge shout out to the Nintendo EAD devs uh, on creating this, and probably in a, a relatively short period of time. Like we were saying, uh, uh-huh. this would have taken a lot of hours just to kind of wrap their heads around about how what they were making as a game and I'm sure a lot of good a lot of good whiteboard sessions uh, were had oh <laughs> trying God. to yeah. trying to create this because it, it would have been a really tough thing to tackle not only from a development point of view but also from a design point of view and making sure that everything's working together smoothly uh of Mm -hmm. course you're having all these things on screen at once you know that's a whole thing to tackle on its own a lot of moving pieces a lot of variables in this and yet it was delivered without bugs and and works beautifully every time uh so huge huge shout out to these devs
1: yeah you're basically playing in a living breathing terrarium that's really what it feels like the world is is alive there's actual there's consequences to your actions there's uh creatures that are native to the areas that you're exploring and then you've got these three different types of pikmin that interact with the world in specific ways certain pikmin can't go to certain areas certain ones can certain ones are stronger in certain areas certain ones are are weaker obviously there's the technical uh, aspect of just animating 100 pikmin on screen at once so all of that happening without this game ever crashing like and we talked about that a lot with nintendo over the years with their various games first party for the most part but most recently with Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, that really does feel almost like the biggest version of what Pikmin could be. Where you're yeah. you're just this this one Pikmin interacting in this massive area, picking things up, moving them around, fighting enemies, uh, collecting items and upgrading things and everything. It's just this massive open sandbox that uh Nintendo are masters at. They're masters at game design, they're masters at world building and uh and um testing play testing i can't imagine how much testing this game had to have gone oh through God. before it came out that must have been half of the development time um i don't know how long exactly the game was in development for but i have to imagine they were they were play testing this game a lot to make sure that it worked and to make sure it was fun and to make sure that no part of any of the levels you could get stuck in pikmin could always move out of you could always move out of and you would never You almost could never hit... I never hit zero, personally, in the game of Pikmin. I guess that that could happen, but they made it very difficult for something like that to happen. I think even when you hit zero, the onion automatically pops out one more just to make sure that you can't be left alone with no Pikmin. But little details like that to make sure that the game never can be broken is uh, something that we, we obviously love Nintendo for, and it's why... They take up the majority of our podcast episodes, even after the GameCube is cool. We mostly talk about Nintendo games, and uh, we obviously have a bunch of other Pikmin games that we can talk about on the show that I'm sure that we will in the future. But Mike, do you recommend the folks out there pick up Pikmin 1, or do you suggest that uh, maybe they they jump into another Pikmin game? Because I don't think you answered this question earlier in the episode.
2: Yeah, I mean to to be fair, but just because I haven't played them as as thoroughly as uh you Ramon and D, uh I, I would probably still say the to start with Pikmin 1. Uh, I th- I like starting at the first one in franchises often unless it's like a a really bad game or just just a there's a a game that makes way more sense to start with like something like Yakuza 0 just as a as a a much better entry into the series uh, for a lot of people, but yeah, I think Pikmin 1 is definitely recommended for everyone and now that it's on the switch uh, that's even nicer it does have a couple of those motion controls that d was talking about as well i'd actually be kind of interested to see and play it with like that that minor amount of motion controls and see how that Mm. affects my gameplay because for once i think this is one game that motion controls could actually help with and just because they aren't huge they're more subtle uh, in the way that they're used. So I think that would be kind of cool to use, especially with the the Switch rather than playing it on the Wii. Um, so I, I personally, I think, would recommend playing the Switch remaster if you don't want to spend that $90 for the GameCube version, or if you bought Ramon's version on eBay. I mean, who knows? But uh, <laughs> uh, I probably start with there just because it is so much more accessible than playing the GameCube one. But if you do have a GameCube, uh, then I would try and get Pikmin for GameCube just because it's nice to have Pikmin.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, at this point now, we can finally say if you need to leave the GameCube behind, you can. You can play it on Wii, Wii U, and Switch. So yeah, I, I'm happy to know that all four Pikmin games are playable on Switch. Really, you don't. You're not missing if you pick any of them as a starting point. You can play these games out of order and appreciate them all equally. Uh, definitely it ramps up in its own way as you play later games there's more Pikmin to pick from so playing the first game there is that difficulty of the 30 day time limit I get it but there's also the simplicity of there's only three Pikmin it's a lot like a rock paper scissors game as opposed to the more recent games where I think now we're up to like six or eight different types of Pikmin so gets a little bit more complicated I guess depending on it's really how well of a micromanager and a time manager you are which this game does kind of build those skills a little bit so if you're looking for a ramping up difficulty in terms of that definitely go with pikmin 1 but i will definitely be picking up pikmin 4 uh either later this summer or earlier in the fall i can't wait to uh see where the franchise is going and mike i'm gonna start this cycle very early <laughs> where do you see pikmin going forward we know pikmin 4 is uh coming out right now Wh- when are we getting pikmin 5 <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay Neil. i'll see you in 10 years yeah um yeah it-
2: we might get on the next console we'll see but it's 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 too early to to really make a a correct prediction um uh uh, once once we have a better idea of what pikmin 4 is how well it's sold then then i can give you my my great prediction but what's going to happen is that uh yes the pikmin are going to go back to Almar's home planet and destroy it
1: (laughs) i love that idea of pikmin becoming like no no now we're now we're gonna screw up your day Uh, i think that'd be really funny we are the captain now um yeah it's way too early to predict a pikmin 5 i'm just going to enjoy pikmin 4 i'm going to savor it because i've been waiting 10 years for this game to come out honestly i think before we see pikmin 5 we're probably going to see a pikmin movie um maybe we're going to see some uh some integration of pikmin into maybe mario kart which could be hilarious uh Mm -hmm. pikmin into the whole nintendo world with nintendo becoming like the disneyland i think that they've got four and a half Pikmin games under their belt. I think now they're probably going to try and dip into some other forms of media. We've seen that they like to do Pikmin shorts. The little cartoons that they've done are fantastic. I think mm-hmm. a, full, a full-length a full movie or like an hour and a half kind of thing would be really cool. Um, I would like to see that. They don't need voice actors, obviously. Um, I guess Olimar would. Chris Pratt will voice Olimar, and uh, <laughs> yes, Vin you. Diesel will voice all the Pikmin, I suppose, is the uh, <laughs> is, the way, is the way to do it. Perfect. Um, but uh, Pikmin 5 or a, a new form of Pikmin, a new ability, always welcome. But uh, I think I can wait a while for another one. One Pikmin game per console generation is welcome for me. But Mike, while I'm sitting here patiently playing Pikmin 4, waiting for Pikmin 5 and the Vince, uh, the Vin Diesel uh, cross Chris Pratt movie to come out, why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 22 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast?
2: Well, right before I do that, Neil, I do have one last thing, which is quite funny an Easter egg. That I found we'd love talking about Easter eggs on this podcast, and this one is one that I can't completely verify, so I'm just gonna throw it out there anyways, and I'll let people uh, fight over it if it's real or not. But <laughs> okay. apparently, one out of every 100 copies of every Pikmin game that was sold on the GameCube came with a bag of seeds that Nintendo claimed would grow <laughs> into a Pikmin. Did you have you heard about this? No, all right, so apparently, it actually does work. Uh, it, it's called a bakoba plant uh, bakoba cabana plant or pikmin flower uh, this is apparently an actual real thing uh, that that does exist it, it was collaboration between nintendo and singenta who is a flower company uh, it is a plant that was genetically modified by a combination of the dev team and some very devoted fans uh, to look like a pikmin's flower and uh, this flower also comes in pink Uh, for Pikmin 2 and then in purple for Pikmin 3 in those variants. And it seems like the seeds were actually sold in Japan as a promotional item for the game i got this information from reddit so you know reddit's reddit believe what you want but right. uh this was people commenting on it so apparently the seeds do exist they they 100 they did exist in the real world not That's sure fun. if they did actually come uh with pikmin copies or not or if they were just sold as a promotional item but yeah very cool you can grow your own pikmin maybe ramon's copy had the bag of seeds and who knows
1: Maybe. I doubt that those seeds are still alive, but, uh, that, that's a crazy, that's a cool pre-order bonus. Like you got a plant, I guess that there's yeah. probably these days now, it's probably a little bit complicated, uh, exporting seeds across borders with video games. I think the, <laughs> the Pikmin for pre-order bonus in Canada, at least is uh drink coasters. So that's a, cool. a bit of a downgrade from, uh, I would like to grow my own little Pikmin. I want a little Pikmin running around my condo. Honestly, I think that'd be great. They could help me, uh, Help me do stuff. I need uh, like little uh, little janitors around here cleaning up stuff while I'm at work. That'd be good.
2: I would love that. And I and and my gift to you one day will be to find this this bag of seeds if it's if they're still alive and I'll plant it for you and and I'll give you some <laughs> little pigment flowers. But uh, Neil, on episode 22 of the Unlocking of This Podcast, we are doing a Patreon episode and we're gonna be talking about pokemon red and blue another nintendo classic for the game boy uh of course neil and i have played these games we played uh red blue also yellow we'll put we'll we'll throw yellow in there it um exists in this generation but we're going to really talk about our memories uh why these games are important why they sold and uh really the history of pokemon red and blue as well as uh where they came from, which was the uh, the green and red uh, for the um, uh, for the Japan version. So it'll be a lot of fun to talk about the history of it, I think, and 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 talk about our memories a little bit too.
1: Yeah, I could talk about my memories of the original Pokemon games for quite a while. So that episode is going to be a lot of fun. Pokemon huge part of our childhood. Mike and I were right in that. We were right smack dab in the middle of that Ooh, that yeah. target our audience. We were six, I think, when Pokemon for five or six when it came out. So everything was targeted to us we watched the cartoon the pokemon cards the original video games so we have played those games a bunch they're still first generation i'm a first generation uh, stan i love that that uh, that era is the best in my opinion so there's going to be lots to talk about next week so great Patreon topic definitely stay tuned for that episode but until then ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to episode 21 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free a little early and the option to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. Like, Pokemon, Reddit blue thank you so much to everyone over there you can follow us on instagram facebook and join the weekly conversation on our discord channel share us with your friends and family tell olimar neil says hi thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week see you later Bye bye the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. Our podcast is fan-funded by our listeners on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Unlocking What Was Cool. The show is produced, hosted, and edited by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. AJ Olson 11, Bogus Lotus, Cube Dude, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, SparksFly027, and WayOverRated. Don't forget Alf, too. Say hello to Alf. Don't forget Alf Alf and Eddie. They got the weirdest names on those guys.
2: (laughs) Well, Olimar is uh, supposed to be Mario. uh, backwards. that's right.
1: Mario spelled backwards. None of them, they didn't follow that with any of the other guys. What would Waluigi be backwards? Hold on. Luigi.
2: He'd be the Pikmin sound when they die.
1: Basically. Waluigi was born by the sounds of dying Pikmin. That's how he was born.
2: That's a good, that's a good origin (laughs) story.
1: Lovely.